الرحيم صلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وأزواجه وذريته كما صليت على إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله كما صليت على إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the next edition of Docs News um, We have uh, some relevant and poignant topics to discuss today um, The first one we're going to start with is something that uh, comes up every year around this time Which is um, Halaloween or Halal Halloween or you know whatever variation of that people are doing okay. And uh, generally what we're talking about is Masajid uh, Islamic schools and sometimes just Muslim parents trying to set up um, in, in quotes alternatives to their kids desire to participate in Halloween um, There is an article that came out a couple of years ago written by Imam Zaid Which is uh, really good and we'll link to it inshallah in the show notes um, But basically uh, Dr. Shale, I just wanted to get your Oh by the way we also have Tom with us Assalamu alaikum uh, I wanted to get you guys' uh, opinion on this uh, this topic, what Muslims are doing, how they do this for this holiday, for other holidays or events, where they try to propose an, an Islamic alternative to whatever is going on in the monoculture. Mm. And uh, full discretion, I mean full disclosure, I posted something on uh, Twitter today regarding exactly that, and it was just basically that every one of these alternatives that Muslims come up with, it ends up backsliding into exactly the thing that they were trying to avoid mm. but just with muslims doing it really yeah like dressing up and well so like there's this but there's also stuff like you know i think we discussed this previously where you start out with you know good and a shade and then eventually it turns into like a full orchestra and then it's just yeah. boy bands yeah or you you have like halal comedians or muslim comedians that talk about islamic topics and they're kind of corny usually and then eventually you just have that uh rami yusuf guy yeah. Right. Same thing with Muslim TV shows, with these Instagram, quote unquote, modest models that eventually turn into women that just take off their hijab or they wear super tight clothes with something on their head. Yeah. But if you haven't just a gathering of people, like what is the alternative? Well, so the what, do, what do they mean when they're doing it an alternative to Halloween? Like so what, what is the one of the flyers that I saw was um, it was essentially a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns. Okay. So the carved out pumpkins. Same Halloween colors, orange and black, and uh, they were calling it uh, Halloween movie lectures, bonfires, s'mores, pizza, candy. Okay, so Adam Ashton. Whose is this? It's Adam Ashton. I don't know which one it is. Okay, I mean, then this is sort of. Uh, I'm looking at this flyer here. It's got, like Alex just said, Halloween with jack-o'-lanterns, and then they're showing like uh, Hotel Transylvania. But my question is then, why do an alternative if it says to me if it's if there's gonna be an alternative, then it should be something completely unrelated. It should just be a gathering, right? Right. Uh, barbecue, which should have nothing to do with, like if, if someone's saying that the Halloween is wrong, let's say hypothetically that's the that's the basis point. 
that when you do an alternative, you want to do something with nothing related to what you believe is wrong. Otherwise, you won't need an alternative. So just call it a barbecue. Right. Call it nothing. Just in, kids can come to the masjid and play if they, you know, they don't want to have five you know, every five minutes someone knocking on their door and they have to peek through the window and be all weird and stuff like that. And then see those kids. We say, like, we saw you. Why don't you open up for us? What's wrong with you? Right. And they don't want to do all that. Just show up at the masjid. Right. Like you to to call it this type of uh, it it really blurs the line. This poster that I'm looking at here. It sort of blow. It completely blurs the line of. It, do you think it's wrong or right? That's the question. Right? <laughs> it's, it's basically wrong, Halloween. Yeah, you're showing Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, which is like a monster movie. Orange and black like with pumpkins. So the question is, if it's wrong, if you believe Halloween is wrong, then your alternative should have nothing to do with Halloween, right? It should be just like, I get the point of getting people out of the house at that time, right? But your alternative should be nothing to do with Halloween, right? And the opposite, if you don't think it's wrong, then do it. Why? Why? Why have an alternative, right? Why do you need a Muslim version? And one of the things that uh, we started doing with a group of people uh, up in North Jersey, like maybe ten years ago, it's been now, is on uh, New Year's Eve, doing, doing, getting together for like a latifia or doing some dhikr. Yeah. Right. Completely separate. It's not we're gonna throw a New Year's Eve party. We're just gonna have like sparkling apple cider instead it, of champagne. Yeah. And we're gonna count down the clock. That's not a halal alternative. That's the same thing. To me, halal alternative is just show up. And do whatever. And do but something unrelated to the thing. Yeah. Preferably in remembrance of Allah. Yeah. Because this is a moment of ghafla. And yeah. in, the, in the moments when the people are uh, the oblivious ghafla. and forgetful of Allah, remembrance of Allah is the counterbalance to it. Not yeah. like, a, like a weak imitation. There is value, too, of this uh, dictum or this uh, principle of being the opposite, going the opposite way. So if, if, an, if a non-believing culture is going one way, there is value to go the opposite way because culture, the more you link into culture, if it's very hard to separate now eventually between cultures and beliefs. Right. Right. It becomes very difficult. So uh, cultures, you know, they're, they're all mixed up. So there is value in constantly going against the grain. Right. And con but when you go against the grain together with other Muslims, it's much easier. Right. Right. And it becomes itself its own culture. Right. So uh, New Year's Yatikaf with just an antikaf, right? With right. with other things that you people do. And then there are some things that you're going to give and take, right? There are some things that are probably not worth a fight, right? Like, um, um, yeah, I'm sure there are some things that don't have a religious connotation where people come together, but they're still actually intermingling salah, right? Halal food, right? Without necessarily any symbolism. Like, for I mean, Thanksgiving, people are going to do Thanksgiving, but it's your, you're at home with a halal turkey. That's probably something I'm willing to give and take on. Sure. Right. Because it's just culture. It's food, right? It's yeah. just food. And it's good food, actually. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's no, well, there is a type of, you could say that there is a historical issue there. Sure. Going on that, that, uh, that there were Native Americans, right? Right. Uh, that were, you know, abused and killed. Right. But I don't think that hollow people, when they're doing Thanksgiving, I think people are just eating and taking a break. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you're, if you're that uh, socially, politically conscious, get together with your families, you know, don't miss out on the opportunity that everybody's off from work and people yeah. are moving around and traveling and half your family doesn't care about politics yeah. and they still just want to get together with you and share a meal. You know, just take the time to, uh, you know, make a dot for the people that were oppressed, that are oppressed now and That's were oppressed true. in the past. And it's a good way to, to acknowledge and honor the people that, um, you know, historically were victims in that situation yeah. without having to be like, well, I'm just not participating. Yeah. I'm just going to be austere about it. Yeah. This is bidah. <laughs> and even, I mean, these the, those people, uh, uh, the Native Americans who were 
do we actually have an actual incident where they were killed right away after their the meal or what? Oh, um, I'm not familiar enough. Okay. Yeah. It took I, a little while. It wasn't like it wasn't right away. Yeah. So there was a betrayal. So it was down the road. It wasn't like that day. No. No, not at all. See, because you know that they went around at some point that on that day they fed them, they fattened them up, they got them sleepy and tired, then killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I, I think, and I'm, again, I'm not super familiar with this, so I'm sure somebody will, will, will come at me with it actually. But I, I believe that what it, what it commemorates is uh, one of the early winters that was really harsh. And uh, the, uh, the people, the, the British that had come over weren't properly prepared for the season, for the climate, for the difference in agriculture. And ended up, the winter was coming and they didn't, they didn't have enough food. Yeah. And so some of the local native populations shared their food with them so that they would make it through the winter. Oh. So it's a... So this is why it's Yom Shukr, right? But they, they I, I actually thought that and it was... And then eventually they got taken out. Yeah. And they, so so the argument is maybe you should have just let those guys die. <laughs> no, I thought I always thought it was the pilgrims who, yeah, were, the pilgrims. who were inviting the Native Americans no, to No, the opposite. The, the pilgrims opposite. were benefiting from the generosity of the locals who knew how to grow crops, how to store them, etc. Which They makes knew sense, yeah. what when the seasons changed, etc. And yeah. they actually harvested on time or whatever, whatever went wrong with... And by the way, we're talking about a civilization destroyed another civilization, right? We're not talking about, we're talking about people that could have been in that incident had nothing to do with their killing later on. Everybody's guilty by association. In this days. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like Philly in yeah. the 19, early 1990s. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you don't denounce the person that's being denounced, then you're denounceable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about massive civilizations that have uh, a ton of things going, uh, co- contradicting one another. Like, for example, the Byzantines, they had their own uh, Templars, mm-hmm. right? Like the Byzantines in general were, they, they, they weren't crusaders, right, in right. general. But right. they did have, from their youth, a group that joined the Templars. So sure. there are Byzantine Templars. So, so the idea when people say Byzantine, Byzantium was like this, it's a big generality with a ton of exceptions. Listen, that kind of mindset, by the way, is yeah. the exact stupid irrational uh logical fallacy that leads to why every american that doesn't fight their government is a target for jihad yeah. and so we can just blow up buildings. that was that was bin laden's federal yeah. if you pay That's, taxes you're guilty yeah and you haven't risen if you really oppose what your government is doing then yeah. you should do something about it otherwise you're all you're Accepting. all your blood is hot out yeah which is ridiculous it's ridiculous but people people who consider themselves you know educated and enlightened do it on on the internet all day to people yeah like well you're not denouncing this yeah clearly you support it and you're just as exactly. guilty and, you know your your reputation is had out online yeah. we can take we can we can bleed it out it's that's like political takfirism now yes. it's like you can expand it like cultural takfirism uh all right let's read some of this all right very good and let's look at it sure and so uh while while we're bringing that up uh, one of the one of the points that I was making with some of my uh, some of my friends, um, real life friends that we talk on mm-hmm. on phones nowadays, yeah. was that you know it's okay for you to say no to your kids sometimes and they don't like it. Oh, that's great! Like if you just say like my my in laws were not letting their kids dress up yeah. and go trick or treat. It's just not yeah. happening. And the kids love candy. Yeah, all kids want to go out and they want to dress up like Batman. They want to go out and get candy. It's just a no. Those kids turned out fine. They didn't they didn't oh, rebel yeah. and they didn't have they weren't psychically scarred and they didn't turn into like. You know, more Todd's later yeah. on in life <laughs> when they went to college because they weren't yeah. able to trick or treat. So my, uh, my parents, the way they did it, which I think makes sense, is um, they would say no if I accepted it well. 
And they would say no other things. When I was young, we weren't really much into, we didn't really have much knowledge of Dean. I went trick-or-treating a couple times, right, until maybe I was like 12 or 11 or something. But uh, in general, when they would say no to something, they would oftentimes want to see how I'm going to respond to it. And if I responded well, they would propose an alternative, right? So that takes a, it's a good practice to do with people because you don't just respond, take something away, and give an alternative right away, right? There is value to see how a person responds, mm-hmm. right? And there's a whole uh, genre of work, of literature, on why dua isn't answered. One of them is that it's part of submission and iman and sabr and accepting that Allah knows better than you and expecting that you're operating on his time, he's not operating on your time, right? All of these lessons are great values uh, when dua is answered, uh, delayed. Right. So actually, Ibn Mas'ud, so much so, Ibn Mas'ud said, the second greatest ibadah after dua is waiting for dua. Because when you're waiting, you're, you're reflecting submissiveness to that he's in charge. You're reflecting that you still believe. You're reflecting that he doesn't work for you. It's you who are the abd and he's the, uh, the owner. He's the rab. Right. And all these other features, and it's also sabr and all these other features, so much so that he said it's, a, it's after, after dua, waiting for the answer of the dua is superior. Okay. All right, so this is from Imam Zaid. Uh, and it's called Between the Dean and Halloween and again we'll, we'll put a link but you can also just google it um, so I'm just going to read a couple of lines from it so it begins with one of the tragedies of our times is found in the easy willingness some Muslims accept the easy willingness some Muslims accept practices, rituals or cultural symbols that have their roots in demonic or occult practices Halloween is a perfect example and then he gives the history of the you know it's a Celtic pagan thing and how when the Christians came they integrated, etc. Not disputed fact. Not disputed fact. Not no, no, no. It's 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 so Samhain is the original holiday. I don't know if he names it here. I don't think he does. Um, that was practiced. It was kind of like a harvest festival, honoring the dead. You know, in a lot of cultures, a lot of pagan cultures have this. They have this in, in Central America. You know, the Day of the Dead, mm. where they you know acknowledge their their dead people. In fact, they do it around the same time, by the way. So, mm. Allah Hailam. Okay. Um, so when the Catholic Church came in, they had something called All Saints Day, which is a day that you honor the saints that have passed. They uh, they commemorated that on November first. So um, they lined it up with uh, the Samhain end of the harvest type festival. Samhain. They, yeah. Is that a person, Samhain? Or no, is it no word? it's it's a it's a it's a Celtic word. So oh, it's yeah. Okay. Um, which was on October thirty first. So that's how you get the name Halloween. It's All Hallows Eve. So hallow being something that's sacred. Uh, sacred. So it's the the eve before the day of all the hallowed souls, all the saint souls. And then they're saying that the demons come out. Yeah. So that's uh, so it became like a like this pagan thing where you know the way that they used to do it is they used to put out food out in front on the fr- in the front door for the souls of the dead people that would come back and all yeah. these monsters that would come back. That's where the jack o' lanterns come from, from lighting the way. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, all the all the symbology of Halloween comes from these pagan rituals about you know this ancestor worship and, uh, you know, the dead coming back to life and playing tricks on you yeah. and you having to feed them. That's what trick-or-treat is. Yeah, so these aren't uh, the, the righteous dead. No. These are any dead. Yeah, in the, in the pagan tradition, it's, it's all the dead. All the dead. All the dead. And the, the costumes that they used to wear, sometimes they would dress up like dead people. They would paint their faces like skulls, which they still do if you look at, like, um, southern Mexico, Central America. They have the dead. They paint themselves like skulls. Okay. Right, to resemble the dead. Now, um, now... Uh, I have another point unrelated to this, but in this day and age of like security and no one knows who's what 
and who's doing what is this this is not really a time to be knocking on strangers doors with a mask on yeah for, for from the from that perspective from you the know, security perspective i've never i haven't heard of people talking about from the security perspective that's i said this to my wife like a year or two ago i said you know if somebody was out trying to do something really bad really great day to do it halloween is the day to do it yeah right yeah, because absolutely. you're wearing a costume already yeah you can even be walking around with a gun that people think is a fake gun totally you just go around yeah and just murder somebody how about uh how many kids and youth are walking around and the ratio of adults that are to youth walking around the middle of some of these suburban streets is is a high ratio it's yeah, not like and, and the adults themselves might be in costumes that's true yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Imam Zaid goes on after giving some history of it. He goes, like many aspects of demonology in the occult, Halloween has been sanitized and made to appear something quote unquote cute. Mm-hmm. Along these lines, some Muslims actually have Halloween parties or Halloween parties. Mm-hmm. It's just quote unquote fun. Mm-hmm. This is one of the ways children in our society, increasingly Muslim children are no exception, are introduced to occult and, dem- and demonic symbols and rituals, make it appear cute and fun, and no one will notice the dark underside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he closes saying, as Muslims, we have been enjoined to protect ourselves and our families from the torment of hell, keeping ourselves far removed from such practices, practices that only have a basis in that not only have no basis in the teachings of our religion, but are in fact antithetical to those teachings is a great way to start. May Allah bless us to see the truth as truth and to follow it and to see falsehood as falsehood and to avoid it. Halloween as well as Halloween are haram. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so the... Whenever you're in a culture, you're going to have um, a negotiation. Everything's going to be a negotiation. Sure. You're going to say no to certain things. You're going to let certain things pass, and it ends up being like a picket fence. So the the barrier between you and that culture will be like a picket fence. Certain things you're going to reject without a discussion, and certain things you'll you won't promote it, but you won't uh, give it a fuss. Sure. Right. So that's the that's the attitude. But this is the one that are going to be rejected. Right. And I think I think that. I think that especially things that do have roots in occult, dark, and demonic and pagan origins. Yeah. I think that those things should be off the board completely for our, for our families and children. And yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you one of the things that, I, that I, I wrote something about this back in the days when I was on Facebook, which is, so you take Halloween in the West. Mm-hmm. It starts off with this, you know, n- pagan type stuff. And there's a lot of like ugliness and a dark underside to it. And people, you know, the, the costumes are sometimes really... Or they used to be, right? And slowly it becomes a children's holiday. So now it's no no harm. And, you know, it's no longer people doing something that's occult necessarily. Um, nobody's actually, or very few people are actually worshipping Iblis on this day. Um, that's not the way that people are thinking about it. And the majority of the participants are kids. And they're not they're not muqalif anyway. So yeah. it doesn't even matter. Nobody's getting say yeah on this day. But Iblis is smarter than we, than we are. Mm-hmm. And so... Very as it gradually evolved into something just cute for the kids, whatever, then it becomes an adult thing all over mm-hmm. again. Except that now it's not pagan rituals and it's not demonic stuff, it's all about getting drunk and high as possible. Mm-hmm. It's about women women who would normally dress normally would, would never wear these kind of outfits, wear the most revealing stuff. They look worse than prostitutes, and it's all okay because it's Halloween. Somehow, for some reason, Halloween, which is a cold night usually, became the night to dress as. Mm provocatively and as exposed as possible for women in America yeah. and increasingly in other countries. So at least always is winning the game, especially on his days. He made the game, right? Yeah. So uh, he's driving it from the beginning. But And the thing is that uh, uh, it's not totally innocent anymore either because the Wiccans, and if you look at these... Yeah, ones, so the neo-pagans are, are re-embracing Samhain yeah. and even using that name. Yeah. But even before them, like since the 1970s, there's been a big parade in, in, uh, in the village in, in New York. And it's usually, it's mostly 
gay people dressed up in really ridiculous, ludicrous costumes, mm. and they have like a Halloween parade. Yeah. Again, you want to know the truth about it? You want to see the facts? Just look at who's participating and who's really spearheading and celebrating it. The fact that one of the biggest uh, Halloween celebrations is the is the gay parade in the village yeah. should give you enough information for you to know what's going on here. And what about this idea? If you cult- if you custom someone to say. It's all right. It's innocent at this point. All right. But now you're accustomed to it. At what point are you going to tell them to stop? Right. right. If we agree that the adult version of it is not acceptable. Right. right. But uh, but hypothetically, the kid's version is. At what point are you going to stop when you've got him used to it? Sure. Right. So why get them used to it to begin with? Right. It's like it's just like, oh, well, it's OK for them to listen to, you know, whatever kids songs are going on. That's that's just kids. Song. Well, yeah. how do you stop them from listening to the next? Know, yeah. The next stuff. Yeah. And Disney. uh they they went rapidly. Like in the beginning, Disney Channel was just like this kid stuff, but they rapidly uh, brought a lot of like sort of teen or adult themes into the teen shows, into For the sure. preteen shows, right? Yeah. So once you start with something, you have to look at what is the what's the end result here? What is this going to look like as an adult, right? And if you don't like what the adult thing looks like, then why accustomed to the uh, kid to it? You're sort of giving him a mixed message that you're starting it and now you're going to stop it once it's getting really good, right? Or tempting at least. Yeah. And, oh, you know, just a piece of advice for parents, always with wisdom. Yeah. Like your kids are not going to rebel against your rules. They might not like them, but they're not going to rebel if you do it with wisdom. Hmm. It's just like getting your kids to study. Your kids aren't going to become people who no longer read because you forced them to do their homework as kids. But if you do it in an oppressive way, and in a way that doesn't explain to them why we're doing this and why it's important for you to study and get good grades, then, yeah, they might feel like they hate school. Yeah. Just like you're forcing your kids to learn and eat healthy food, you can force them not to participate in weird. Yeah, and there's and there are smart ways to use force. Yeah. Right? Um, the best way is through negotiations, right? Not negotiations like, but or through package deals. Package deals are the best way to do things. Uh, um, I remember reading about, one guy who wanted something from someone, he knew that if he had brought it to his attention that he wanted it, right, uh, one of these corporate tra- deals, that the other side would know that there was something there. I think it had to do with land, right, that there was some resource there. If, you, if, you're, if you're coming to someone and, and, and suddenly some odd piece of land that you want, right, they're going to know that there's something about it. So in order not to tip him off, he ends up... Uh, actually asking for some other predictable piece of land, right? And in the middle of the negotiation, he said, well, all right, sweeten the deal, throw that in for me, right? And then they made their deal. And then uh, obviously he had uh, the resources that he wanted. So uh, when you want something, you oftentimes don't want to, whether you want to prohibit something or you want them to do something, it's not always the best thing to go head on with it, right? It's oftentimes a lot smarter to go in another direction and then in the middle of that discussion, loop that in, all right? In the middle of that, while their uh, guard is down about it and they're willing to negotiate, then loop in what you really don't want to happen or to happen. So it's a smart little technique that I don't think is devious, right? No. It's just, I would say, wisdom, right? right? It's getting course. what you want and you want them both to, you want your will to happen, but you also want them to, to like your will. You want them to accept it. Of course. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, techniques like that have their value. Inshallah. Sheikh, I actually have a question on this too, kind of related. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing, oh, sorry. So I'm seeing, uh, you know, more and more people today, uh, you know, even Muslims uh, dressing up like for these comic cons and stuff like that, you know, unrelated to Halloween. Is that acceptable or or uh, that would fall under the same thing? Uh, adults? 
yeah, adults, teenagers. It's, I would say it's it's not necessarily about the evil mm-hmm. of it, but it's that we have something called murua. Murua is a word that means dignity, or maturity. So there are certain things that are khali from murua. I remember at Hajj, I was with the sheikh, and we had arrived at uh, the minicamps back. Uh, uh, not minicamp, but uh, the <laughs> not camp. minicamp, but yeah. the minna camps. <laughs> yeah. So at the at the camps, the camps at minna, and it was Eid. So we finally took a shower, right? We put on street clothes. And then there was these two massage chairs, right? And we just sat in them as chairs. And then you're like, oh, you know, these are massage chairs. Should we do them? And he was like, I don't know. Is it is it murua? So we did them for like 10 minutes, right? But he was wondering about sitting in the massage chair in public with men and women passing by that is this khali an murua, right? Is this like lacking dignity? Mm-hmm. A massage chair, right? Where you're sitting upright. Where you're sitting upright and the thing is shaking your body, yeah. right? Now, there could be there are men and women passing in the, in the minicamps, right? In the tents, I mean, right? So uh, if that is something that a pious person questions, to, is this dignified for a Muslim to do, to, for your body to be shaken? Is it dignified to play make-believe at the age of 35, 40 years old? I'm telling you, if I went and I found a you play make-believe at the age of 40, there's going to be a situation, mm. right? Think about this. Yeah, this is why is it you summed it all up right but this is exactly why i looked at tom and i was like adults <laughs> yeah, like yeah. if you're telling me this is adults yeah then a- adults? i don't even know why there's a discussion haram is out the window like yeah you're a grown-up it's not even about at that point to be asking halal and haram it's about uh because first thing my first thought was are they like evil to the super characters yes uh the superheroes but the more important question is why would an adult be doing that right you know that's a very good point that's it Adults, if you have a hobby, watch you're gonna watch it maximum, right? But to go in and buy a costume, <laughs> <laughs> this is like this, is what, this reminds me of the time I was getting a, a, a haircut in Patterson. And yeah, my barber, mashallah, he's a really good barber up there. And he's a guy who came here when he was like 16, 17 from yeah. Palestine. Wow, worked at a barber shop, learned to cut hair. Within like three or four years, set up his own barber shop. You know, worked, he used to work seven days a week. I mean, they opened up at like nine or ten, and then they were open until nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And he was cutting hair. Even when he had more than one shop and several other businesses, because he grew his whole little empire, as Palestinians do, yeah. mashallah. <laughs> he, uh, he, was still, he still cut hair six days a week. Wow. This is a person who, and he brought all of his family from Palestine. Yeah. And he bought houses for everybody. He did the whole thing, right? So one day we're there, and some, of, uh, some, some people that I knew from Patterson who uh, were adults, you know, in their mid to late 20s, they were like, oh, man, we got to hurry up and get out of here. The Dragon Ball Z is coming on, the new one. The show? <laughs> yeah. This is back when when you used to have to like yeah, be at a television at a certain time because it wasn't like all streaming. And he goes, w- w- what is this? And they were like, oh, it's like uh, it's like an anime from Japan. It's this, uh, And he was like, you're watching a cartoon? <laughs> he was like, subhanAllah. Like he couldn't fathom it, right? Yeah. And he was our age. But he was like, I don't, you guys are adults and you watch cartoons. My little kids, I get upset when they watch the yeah, cartoons. Unbelievable. I mean, the thing is that Murua, I always feel more uh, in common with like 60, 70 year old Americans, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Boomers. Because, because those, their, their, you know, sense of dignity and not, you know, what's maturity, what's mature and what's not, their work ethics oftentimes. Right, what they consider uh, a healthy dosage of entertainment mm-hmm. is very different than what you know a thirty-year-old today would consider a healthy dose of entertainment. Yeah. And I remember, subhanAllah, like there are some adults I know, adults Egyptians. They didn't have a concept of a hobby. 
they didn't have a concept of entertainment. And I'm one of my dad's best friends. No concept. To him, life was uh, go to work, come home. When he learned about Salah, he took it seriously in the middle of his life. Many of the immigrants did, learned mm-hmm. in the middle of their life. He didn't miss Fajr and Esh in the masjid. He wasn't like, uh, you know, he was just, he never missed Salah in the masjid. That's it. Yeah. If something needs to be fixed, he'd be the first one there. That type of uh, uh, of person. And I believe a lot of those people are like hidden awliya. Like we may be given forgiveness just because of those types of people. But I've never, ever seen him once spend an hour just doing nothing. Right? It just <laughs> didn't exist. So those types of people existed back in the day. That was the norm. Yeah. Right? Today, entertainment, not only is it just expanded too much, right? But it's also become life, right? Like all of life is a form of entertainment, right? You have a an airline. You have to transform your your service into an entertainment that's getting you there. Instead of a plane ride that gets you there safely, say alhamdulillah, you didn't die in the process of going 30,000 feet in a little container, right? No, it's now about who entertained you better. Like Air Canada's coffee versus Singapore's coffee, right? Uh, the movies on Emirates versus the movies on uh, Dubai, right? So everything's become the 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 mall, the airport has become a mall that's an airport. So they actually design it like a mall first, then an airport second. You go to the Emirates uh, airport, and it's a completely it's a bigger mall than you've ever seen in your life, right? So uh, times changed, and we we do though have to put some. There's got to be some limits, and right. one of the limits is that uh, a Muslim adult does not play make believe. Right. Don't play make believe. No larping. I know who LARPing. What is that? <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's uh, so you know how you have these uh, multiplayer role-playing games, yeah, like uh, Dragon something or whatever it is, yeah, where you play like an elf or yeah. a magician or something. It's online, right? This is live-action role-playing. Live-action role-playing. Wow. So these these adults they dress up with like the boots with the curly toes or whatever yeah. and the leather tunics and tights yeah. and make like a fake wooden sword. And go out in a park and literally do it like if they're playing like uh, the Dungeons public. and Dragons in public. So it'll be like they'll swing the sword and they'll be like roll a dice and somebody will be like, you got, you know, you got hit with 80 hurt points or whatever. Wow. <laughs> and then the guy lays down in the grass. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they do this for like two days straight. Like there's like, a, yeah. like they go for like a whole weekend. And the rule book is like 200 pages long. Oh, it's there's like, it's rules. Like, it's, no, it's literally like a 200-page rule book. It's of, like Dungeons & Dragons you know, or some video game, except you're actually doing it in real life. Oh, my gosh. I really don't know a lot of things about these things. You shouldn't. <laughs> it's not worth knowing. <laughs> now, like I said, everything is a negotiation. I was listening to Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishk video, uh, a lecture, khutbah. And he's, he's going on, and he's actually funny, right? Uh, he makes jokes, and he rails into people. And he uh, was talking about people who go uh, to the cinema, right? This is the big facade, right? <laughs> that you went to the cinema, right? And you're someone who prays five times a day, right? Oh. So everything's a negotiation, right? So nowadays, we're in, our negotiation is not really about going to the cinema. It's about playing as if you're in the cinema, mm-hmm. right? It's like playing the character after the cinema, after the movies. They call it cinema, but obviously movies, right? It only gets worse, yeah. Unbelievable. In any event, uh, dressing up as a play make believe, I think you know that's where we're going to draw the line on Murua. So that's, yeah. the, that's the answer for Comic Con. Yeah, there you go. Okay, it might be halal, but you're not. Nobody's going to respect you. Yeah, it's makruh to do something that's because if you know, like the uh, yeah. 
principles of Sharia, the fifth one is reputation. Right. It's like lineage slash reputation. So, yeah, it's not is and the, and the question is whenever it's up to for a debate, when something's in your mind going back and forth, the way to answer it is to ask: Would the elders of the masjid, the elders who are praying in the masjid, would they approve of this? Would you like to see them doing it? Could you imagine if it's outrageous <laughs> someone goes into the masjid like Superman? Right? Listen, or, or oh. you're, you're out, you you see a pictures on Instagram of Comic Con, right? And you see like the Imam of the Masjid dressed up like oh, oh my gosh, wow! And, like play, he paints his face blue or something. Could you imagine if we're if 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 a group of us is lar- are larping, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and then Kari and Nasser happen to drive by? We'll never live it down. It would be it would never end. That that would never. I think we'd have to start a new message. Yeah, we'd be out. You'd be out. They would never let any anybody lead Salah. Oh, you'd never lead Salah. You'd be off of Nasser's whatever team he's you're on. Yeah, you'd be off of that team. Kari wouldn't even look at you again if you're <laughs> larping. Yeah. Yeah. it's ridiculous. Firstly, he would actually. I think Kari would actually think that there's something wrong. He might he might call in the gin the gin he, exorcist. He either call an exorcist. He might actually contact someone and ask about your mental stability, like legitimately. Yeah. Because this stuff is so far from his world, right? From Kari's world. I remember Sheikh Sadiq himself when when I first got married, my roommates they said our gift to you, our honeymoon gift to you is uh, two tick two train tickets to Paris, right? You can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Thomas is like drinking out of right? plastic. Yeah, I'll that. I was trying so, to be quiet with it, but it didn't work. Yeah, uh, they their their gift to me was two train tickets to Paris and uh, two nights at the at a hotel. Right. So all right, we'll get to see Paris. We went to the to Paris Central Mosque. Right. They did the Hizb there. It was amazing. It was a beautiful trip. Right. Uh, just a weekend trip. So when I told Sheikh Sadiq, I told him. Uh, he said, "So what happened? What'd you do?" I said, "Well, we're going to Paris," and he's like, "Oh, really?" For what? <laughs> I was like, no, no, just uh, we're going to Paris, right? Just as a trip, a weekend trip. And he's like, but to do what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nothing. You go to see the new city, right? He's like, so you're going to look? <laughs> <laughs> right? When he talked like that, it sounds absurd, right? Yeah. But he's like, wallahi, not going to imagine it. Okay, next story. All right, so the next thing is, um, so we know that over the weekend, uh, there's news that uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi was killed or killed himself. Mm -hmm. Um, This is how much I read, I follow these stories in detail. I don't know if, he might have killed himself, whatever, died over the weekend. Okay. Um, He was in Syria and uh, U.S. troops were closing in on him or something like that, or they had a drone. So um, the Washington Post goes with, these are the headlines that the Washington Post po- posted regarding this, uh, this event. The first one is Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, Islamic State's terrorist-in-chief dies at 48. All right. But later it was changed to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at the helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. What is, austere religious scholar? <laughs> right. He's actually not recognized by any religious scholars, if my memory of his uh, of the, his biography is correct. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the article, they say that when al-Baghdadi first rose as leader of ISIS, he was a relatively unheard of, austere religious scholar with wireframe glasses and no known aptitude for fighting or killing. So they basically were just acting like, like I don't know, like, like Sheikh Ramadan. Uh, or something. Yeah. I mean, was killed or something. I mean, the, from what I read about Baghdadi, he has no link to the scholarship of Iraq. Zero. Not to any group. 
right? And what he is is one of the Arabs, uh, which uh, Sayyidina Umar, when he went walked into the masjid one time, and he, he, w- he looked at the scene that he saw, and he was so disgusted. And he said, So they said, Umar, Ya Umar, what is Sabahlal? He said, La fid dunya wa la fid deen. He said, he, he saw some youth just hanging out in the masjid, hanging out, right? Young men. And he said, uh, he scolded them. He said, Rajul And it means neither are you good at dunya nor are you good at deen. Right. You're not putting your investment of your time in anything, right? So Al-Baghdadi and many of the ISIS and many of the, um, what was the group of all that called? The Zarqawi group, right? Well, Zarqawi founded ISIS. But um, Al-Qaeda, right? Most of the the Qaeda group was which uh, before them ISIS. There was another group that um, Zarqawi founded first. But all these guys, and Zarqawi was from Jordan. He was from a clique of guys who were sabahlan, dunya mm-hmm. Like neither could he name an achievement in the dunya. He couldn't tell me I'm a great car salesman. I'm a dentist. I'm an accountant. <laughs> right? Nothing. Right? Uh, nor could he account. For any religious scholarship, like the scholars don't respect you, they don't even consider you a student of knowledge, right? right. Rather, what he was was a fallout who actually had a like I'm talking about Zarqawi, Abu Musab, Abu Musab, I believe, Abu Musab, Musab, right? Yeah, yeah, Abu Musab Zarqawi that was in some trouble for drugs and stuff, right? So sure. he was in some, you know, had a checkered past. He came in. There was a preacher there who was talking about uh, jihad. Now this preacher was talking about jihad was doing it the old school way of jihad against the Americans when they come to our countries, the American military when it comes to our country, right? right? It, the, he then said, well, why stop there, right? He questioned why stop there. And that's when when you take an, a, a position that's wrong to begin with, his position was the any citizen of a Muslim, Muslim citizen, can wage war on the Americans when they, or any people when they come to your country. Right. Whereas the classic Islamic position is that only a government can wage war. Right. Right. A citizen cannot wage war. Mm. So this sheikh had taken the position of, and he was. Not, I'm not. I'm saying sheikh because they call themselves sheikhs. Right. Yeah. Just to clarify, if somebody that's, you know, waging war in the streets, you can defend your home. You can defend your home. Yeah. You can defend your home from anyone. We're talking now. There's, let's say, uh, Qatar has an American base. Right or the Americans are doing something in Jordan, who knows what? Right or some other country. Well, this is not even invading. This is like your government gave them permission, yeah, yeah. and you can any local citizen can wage war against. Yeah, them. it's ridiculous. After, after the invasion, <laughs> yeah. So we're not even talking about USSR going into Afghanistan, right? Which is we all get that. Uh, we're talking like way later after peace is made between the two governments. And the and the, your government is capitulating certain things, mm-hmm. right? So this sheikh was saying that we can wage war on them, right? Even if our government capitulates, right? Okay. So that's a wrong position to begin with. But now let, look at how wrong positions in fiqh end up dwarfing and metamorphosizing into something right. far worse, right? Uh, mutating is the right word, right? So now Abu Musab says, well, if that's the case, then well, why are we, why are you limiting it to them? What about infant? What about heretics, <laughs> right? And he starts going on to the Shia, right? Yeah. Now, his sheikh disavows him, right? His sheikh said, no, you're an extremist, right? No, you're an extremist. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then Mus- Abu Musab al-Zarqawi then gets a, band- a gang of kids to basically write books against him, to have interviews against him, and they basically 
turn on their old sheikh. Right. So then he ends up being uh, becoming the Qada guy in Jordan. Then becoming the somehow he ends up in Iraq. In Iraq, he ends up not wanting to join Qada anymore, and wants to make his own group. Oh, it was Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Yeah, that was his. Uh, that was his group or something like his that. His group. Yeah. And then he made another group, a group of Tawheed and something. Right. So he made his own group. Now notice this man has not been through a single hour of proper <laughs> Islamic training. Right. He's read a bunch of books. He listens to a group of people, right, with only talk about the same subject matter, right? right. And he looks up to them uh, for that, and that's it. So he ends up breaking away. Now, this group ends up going through three, four rebrands, and then he's killed, right? And the person who takes it on after him calls ends up calling it the uh, Islamic State, and it has different names, like Islamic State of Daesh. Syria and Levant, whatever, yeah. right? So it ends up becoming uh, what we know as ISIS, right? Mm -hmm. And then Baghdadi is a guy in jail at this time. All while this happened, he's a dude in jail, right? There's not a single, I can't find a single person to give him any background like he's a scholar who went astray or a scholar who is extreme, right? So you can't even find a single epistle that he wrote, okay, with like clear usul is demonstrated that, okay, I think you're way off, but you don't know your stuff, right? right. Which happens? No, it this you don't have any semblance of this, and then it ends up somehow that uh, their their initial picture of him is a picture of an Arab dude in an undershirt and a and no not shaven, not a beard, not shaven, right? Exact, really exact reminds me of the Sabahlal. And when I went to England, when I went, unfortunately now it's in Turkey. This image of the Arab Arab man in his middle of his age, middle age, right, in the training pants. Mm -hmm. You know, these Adidas uh, swishing training pants, yeah. a flip-flops or old rotten old shoes, and a shirt that's not ironed. And the worst of all is when it's a button-up shirt on the Adidas pants, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a rotten old button-up shirt on the Adidas pants on like Zika or cheapo uh, flip-flops. Right. We'll do flip-flops on the message, like yeah. you stole them, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And this is the scene. You woke up. You didn't look in the mirror. Neither do you have a beard, nor are you shaven. Right. Right? And this image, how many how many times have you seen this image? All the time. All the time. In Patterson, you go, I guarantee you I can find 10 in a minute. Right? Oftentimes walking with no direction, no or, aim. Or hanging out at the, at the coffee shop watching soccer on satellite TV. Yeah. Or sitting at the coffee shop or sitting outside of Edgeware Road with the shisha. Mm -hmm. Right at Eldar's or something like that. Eldar's, right? <laughs> okay, sitting with the shisha and talking politics, right? Mm -hmm. It's sabahlal. La fid dunya wa la fid deen. Yep. Neither has he achieved anything of deen or dunya. And this, unfortunately, I have to say, is the Arabs, right? And unfortunately, this is a, this is a hallmark of Arabs, right? And I'm telling you, I, I went some, uh, some, uh, with some brothers from Pakistan, and they said, and they were talking about these the biha places that we go for eat. And he was saying that, you know, we, uh, I don't really want to go, and, and it's some Arab, and sorry to say, you know, the Arab in the training pants, and, and he don't know what he's saying, right? And you can't trust him. Like, there's no, as, uh, 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 not a single sign of competence in anything, right? And that's what these guys were. And that's what uh, Mus Abu Mus'ab was, and that's what, oh, Abu Mus'ab's claim to fame, that's what it was. Abu Mus'ab's claim to fame was that somehow he took out an American unit or something, Right? That was his claim to fame. Okay. And then eventually, Baghdadi comes along, and this man, uh, are they trying to, um, 
smear all religious scholars. Probably that's what they're trying to do, right? I mean, I'm not. I can't really say what the Washington Post motivation was for this. Yeah. I mean, it's either to downplay that Trump killed some big okay. religious. I mean, some big uh, terrorist guy. Mm-hmm. Or they're scared to like offend the Muslims. Mm-hmm. This is like that last thing we had where the you know Islam is right about women. Yeah, like people go, oh well, you can't say you can't say that it offends yeah. Muslims. It doesn't offend Muslims at all. Yeah. Similarly, you're not offending us by calling this guy a terrorist. Yeah. You want to call him a religious? Who are you trying to appease here yeah. with this? If that's the thinking, or if it was just a combination of you know, I think it's a combination of PC culture and you know. It's a weird headline. It's a Trump really weird derangement head. syndrome like, yeah. <laughs> mixed in together or something like that. It is a weird headline. Um, and just to close it out, they said that um, a spokesman for the paper later tweeted regarding our al-Baghdadi obituary. Obituary? <laughs> the headline should never have read the way it did, and we, we changed it quickly back. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But these guys are totally, um, this whole movement is a big Dajalic movement, right? It doesn't really touch upon us in this uh where we live but it is a humongous Tajali movement any anything that appears with truth but is false is that probably is worse than your enemy your enemy you know he's your enemy outwardly he's false and 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 inwardly he's false but any of these groups uh they're outwardly false and inwardly false yeah so i'm just gonna close it out with some of the some of the better commentaries outwardly true and inwardly inwardly false false. yeah some of the better uh comments that they received one is Satan, an Orthodox faith leader known for pushing back against famous winemaker, Isa <laughs> Oh my gosh. Dies at 14 billion. Oh my gosh. Voldemort, austere political reformer and aspiring school teacher killed by teen terrorists. <laughs> and the best, Genghis Khan, noted traveler, dies at 64. <laughs> <laughs> That's that the ridiculousness funny. of that headline. That is actually funny. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right. So, uh, in terms of stories, this is one that uh, I saw last week. Tom pointed it out to me as well, which is there's a father in Texas who, yeah. um, you know, and I'm I, I'm not as familiar with the details. I think Tom, you know more about it, maybe. Um, that uh, so there's a, the guy's going through a divorce. He he has uh, twin sons who were um, they're not really even technically the mother's biological children. It was through IVF and vitro fertilization, and she used like a donated egg or donated eggs. Anyhow, he has two boys. She claims one of them is a girl. Has been claiming it since the kid was like three. Um, and so he's fighting to keep joint custody so that he can have some influence over the son. The mother's position has been that he can only see the, the, the boy if he affirms her word that he's a girl, uses a girl name. Instead of the kid's given name, she, she wants him to be called Luna, which is appropriate Tick. for her. Right, exactly. <laughs> um and so he has to do that in the house and outside of the house and has to address the boy as a girl. And a jury in, in, in Texas actually awarded full custody to the mother. Alhamdulillah, a judge stepped in because this became like a big issue and it was a major story. So a judge stepped in and said, well, I'm not accepting that. That's He's ridiculous. still got joint custody. And then we're going to have to actually see what's going on here because it sounds very strange. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the, the clauses legally are ridiculous, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean... The, there's no there's no actual scientific basis yeah. to claim that a seven year old boy is a girl or vice versa. Yeah. There's no scientific basis for this. There is a, a, a mental disease called, um, you know, gender dysphoria. Yeah. Where you look at your perception of your own gender 
it causes you stress or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So you think that you're, you're, you should be the other gender. Again, there's no scientific basis for there being such a thing as uh, assigned gender versus per self-defined gender or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, it doesn't it doesn't fit the political mold. And I know it sounds like we talk about this all the time, but this is a major issue and it's becoming more and more of a big deal in this country, in this country, because it gets it gets a lot of promo. Um, and in this case, it's child abuse. Like, even if even if the boy really did like to be more like girls or dress up like girls or something like that, it would still be ridiculous for you to encourage that. Yeah. Let alone say, well, then that's what you are. Let alone do the type of stuff that this mother reportedly was doing, stuff like telling the kid that there's a monster that only eats little boys and you don't want to get eaten by the monster, right? Is she an activist? She's a pediatrician. Wow. Which is in, um, amazing. Revoke the license. Yeah. yeah, revoke the license and revoke her citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, these uh, if, if it's gender dysphoria, which they're totally against these days, right? They're totally against you calling it gender dysphoria. Except that they will never allow it to be pulled from the DSM under that yeah. name because that's how you get... F- government funding for your sex changes and stuff which is funny because there's no is there another mental illness which you treat by playing along (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) absolutely not none of them none of them no especially one that's so harmful yeah that people are mutilating themselves it's it's amazing that in the same uh, uh, pediatricians their their whatever uh, manual that they have to follow it says that you should highly discourage tattoos for kids under the age 18 right tattoos yeah but this lady's gonna put pump her, her uh, son full of chemical yeah. hormones that are gonna chemically castrate him basically yeah. and he'll never hormone be able blockers. to have children but yeah and hormone blockers they're obligated to i, I don't get it man. it's it's it's, it's, an, it's insane it's, it's insane so alhamdulillah there's been some progress and it is texas so maybe there's some hope that things will get I'm, better i'm for surprised this that, i'm surprised that this jury must be dallas or something yeah probably yeah. or or uh where's what that university is uh bob not Bob Jones. No, no, the 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 liberals. Oh, the w- one with the O. That's in Ohio, I think. No, no, not Oberlin. There's a there's there's a town in Texas that's super like super liberal. It's like Brooklyn, but in the south. Now, is Texas ever going to go blue, population wise? Uh unlikely. 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 Yeah. Okay. Like there's, I mean, Allah Alam, right? Because places like Houston have a lot of that's Muslims. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because petrochemical industry and NASA and all that. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Muslims are super, super libs nowadays. Well, what about Hispanic population? Yeah, they're, they they go, they tend to, despite what we see online, yeah. they tend to be more conservative. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially. So that balances things out. Especially if once you get into that second generation. Yeah. Because they generally are Catholic or some other kind of evangelical Christian. Um, they have a lot of, like, idea of family unity and extended family. Um most of them are immigrants who come to work hard. And so, you know, if you work hard, you come from a religious background, you have an extended family, it's really hard to, to continue voting Democrat. To stomach the... Yeah, yeah, because now you understand the idea of starting your own business or achieving something. You understand the idea of, you know, the importance of family, the importance of religious tradition. Yeah. It's going to be pretty difficult for you to, to, to go... Uh, to stomach their nonsense. To go too liberal, yeah. yeah. You, you're not going to put up with it at yeah. some point. And there's a history on that too because, um, you know, the Irish, when they came to this country like over 100 years ago, they were all Democrats, part of the New York City political machine. And, you know, now I think the Irish are, you know, one of the more conservative, like as a, you know, as a nationality. Mm. So there's precedent for, uh, you know, there's precedent for a group that 
right now is considered a Democrat to uh, eventually switch over. But the but the conservatives, I mean, they're 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 extremely racist. So how are Hispanics going to stomach that? Well, there was racism against these these other groups too. I mean, um, yeah. against the Irish, against the Italians. You should and see the anti-immigrant propaganda against the Russian and Itali- I mean, the Irish and Italians, mm-hmm. like literally picture, p- drawing them as monkeys. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, after a couple generations, I mean, I think you know, as groups come to this country, I mean, I think they become more accepted, and uh, you know, inshallah, for the ones that are Muslims, they still you know maintain Islam, but they mm-hmm. become more accepted, um, you know, as part of the fabric of America after two three generations. Mm. Yeah, and by the way, so a, a good example of like Hispanic conservatives, um, and, and I don't take a position. I don't even vote, so I don't care. Yeah. But um, if you look at the Cubans in Miami, mm. Cubans in Miami are red across the board. Really? Yeah. For I mean, there might be some younger people now who are going to like colleges and getting uh, wokened. Yeah. But for the most part, especially the people that first came, hundred percent. Across the board, conservative Republicans. Is that what's the root? Is they it? were in a communist country. Okay, they seen it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they saw what it was. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there is there is a precedent for um, Hispanic conservatives, and you also find if you look in the Southwest, a lot of the uh, a lot of the local Republican politicians are Hispanics, Mexicans, Guatemalans, whatever. Yeah, no, Ted Cruz, right? Ted Cruz. Marco yeah. Rubio is Cuban. Yeah. Now, w- w- is there even like old-fashioned conservatism anymore? No. Right? Doesn't it? Does, like, who's running on that platform anymore? Yeah, that's a good point. There's, there are neocons. Yeah. Who are like you know neoconservatives? A lot of those dudes used to be used to be like hardcore socialist, communist, leftists mm. who uh, who just flipped mm. and uh, after after uh, after nine eleven became like super pro. Uh, expanding the empire and yeah. you know etc then on you also have what some people would call uh republicans in name only or rhinos <laughs> who are uh basically just centrist democrats yeah. who run on a republican ticket um there's also no not really any liberals besides like the the, the so-called squad like uh what's uh, the squad rashida Tlaib and uh yeah. aoc and uh in hand yeah like aside from those people there's no real leftists in in the democratic party they're all mm. centrist as well I see. it's basically one centrist party yeah with the same agenda the same goals with some slight policy differences right mm-hmm. but they could basically all go out to dinner and have a good time yeah right so they generally want to expand the military they generally want to protect wall street they generally want uh, regulation on some industries kept to a minimum. They generally want to tax the hell out of people. Uh, they generally want to expand government. This mm. is the same party. Yeah. Very slight differences. Mm. Now, there are some people on on the far extremes on the end. So, like, AOC and, and her crew is an example of one, like, all the way to the left. Yeah. And there are some people that are far to the right. But for the most part, they're, they're all basically one party yeah. that disagree on some issues like maybe guns and abortion. That's it. Yeah. Did you hear about the senator who had to, or the congresswoman had to resign? <laughs> Katie Hill? <laughs> yeah. I mean. It was like a reverse me too. Except that right? it's all okay because I don't know why. I'm not going to assume why. To, to be honest with you, when I read the thing, right, and I'm thinking to myself, why did she resign? Like, according to morality as we know it, right? She, she had a, a thruple or whatever. Because she was it. like in her 40s, and she, or she was like in her late 30s, early 40s, and she was... Um, you know, basically get engaging in, for, for even if she wasn't married and it was just her and one staffer, yeah. that's still inappropriate and you should go. 
right? Because that's the rule. Yeah, I mean, if if, if it's going to go by by the standards we know, it's all that, right? Yeah. But I'm thinking about in modern standards, by modern standards. No, even by modern standards, a middle-aged person in yeah. a position of power can't be engaged in a sexual relationship with a much younger staffer who is in a in a position of weakness. You know, okay, they're depending so on you for the job. They're impressionable. They're you know. yeah. That's the point. So that's a reverse me too. Yeah, right? it's the reverse me too. But, but I don't think he, that's. Did the guy complain? It was a girl. It was a girl. And it was another guy. The husband. And they're a third guy. Is the manager a, or something like is that. Is there another guy? There's another guy. Yeah. So that's more than a throuple. That's a No, no. It, it's, it, it was the congresswoman, her husband, and then a third woman involved. More than one woman well, at different maybe, stages. Maybe, yeah. maybe, there was a third dude, though. No, I don't think so. There was a second oh, dude. This is not was there? It, it, yeah, according to the New York Post. And I, when I went to do my uh, uh, food shopping, I got sent on a late night run for some supplies. And I'm sitting there uh, online. And I'm reading this article, right? First, I'm reading about the, how bad the Jets and Giants are, right? Turn those pages real quick because they're just, they're horrible. And then I'm looking at this story, and there's three pictures. There's the st- the female staffer, the husband, and a male guy who was, I think, like her campaign manager. Oh, he's involved too? Yeah. And was he also involved with her and her husband? I have no oh, idea, wow. man. It's the weirdest thing. It's the whole thing is it's outrageous. It's the weirdest thing. The whole thing is outrageous. I mean, the lady's out of control. I mean, right. and by the way, so her husband was participating with the female staffer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was. That's why they called then it who's a throuple. Okay, that's why they called it a throuple. Okay, now who who made the complaint? The staffer. No, nobody complained. The husband. They're divorcing, and the husband started uh, leaking so the pictures. But nobody's complaining. Not yet. Okay. I'm sure somebody will file a lawsuit at some point. <laughs> but now, if the so, not that any of this, but so if the dude is involved with the wife and another woman. Yeah. I mean, it almost. Whatever, right? It's 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 unacceptable. It's immoral. Islamically, we're not going for that. But at least it, it kind of makes. But now, also, he's involved with the wife and another dude. Like, what is what? What are these people? I'm telling you, uh, when you look at um, in the past, mo- if you look at many of the different cultures, they elevated people up when they displayed self control, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Like, if you think about the story of Sayyidina Dawood, uh, Talut, sorry, when they said the the army is going to go out. You're going to go out halfway there. You're going to see a river. Don't drink from it, right? Mm-hmm. So what is that? That's knowing that the winner of this battle are these are going to be the soldiers who are going to be in charge because this battle is going to be miraculously won. And the soldiers that were in that battle, this is going to be the battle. Like we in Islam, we have the Bedris. People, Sahabi was at Bedr, that's it. You don't, you don't talk, right? Likewise, even our culture. Like someone, I served in World War I, served in World War II. If you're at certain battles, your, your society is given a certain level. This battle, right, it's going to be that battle against Jalut. And the, 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 the criterion is self-control, right? So Allah filtered out those who don't, could not control themselves from drinking, not from throupling, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, the self-control, man, it's a dying beast. And we, yeah. we Muslims got to keep it. I'm telling you, some Christians are keeping it, right? Some Jews are keeping it. Self-control. And I'm telling you, you know who else has self-control? Big time? Uh, a lot of immigrant groups. A lot of, like, Af- African immigrant groups, Egyptian Coptic immigrant groups, uh, Indian, Chinese. When I look at them, I see self-control, like discipline. Totally. When I look at the habits of these youth, right, the habits of the youth, when I, when I see them, like, uh, at the coffee shops or whatever, when I look at them, they're always got their nose in a book, Right. It's not just about study. There's a point of discipline and self-control, and right. it's a it's cultural, 
right? It's like where we live, there are a lot of Egyptian Coptics, right? It's known. You ask anyone. If you see a bunch of Egyptian Coptic kids, what are they doing? Their nose is in a chemistry book so that they can become pharmacists, right? Yeah. Their nose is in a book. And that discipline, man, uh, self-control is one of the greatest features. And it's one of the features that when you, you when you quote unquote Americanize and absorb American culture, one of the first things to go is self-control. Yeah. All right. You got, Actually, what's so, the next one? So we have questions now from, uh, okay, from the online this. world. Okay. All right. So uh, let's start with any suggestions. This is from uh, Shafiz Mansour. Any questions on how to make the most out of Rabi al Awal or Mawlid? Any particular points of reflection we should focus on with regards to the Prophet? So, when it comes to Rabi al Awal, uh, the purpose of it is that it's made easy by all you have to do is show up to the gatherings. They're going to be gatherings. Now, if we all said, okay, let's every one of us give 10 hours a year to you know the seerah and love of the Messenger, uh, nobody's going to do it, right? 10 hours a year. How many people are actually going to give 10 hours a year, right? But when you compact it all in one month and you make it about gatherings that are nice gatherings, right? Yeah, food, food, friends, right? Yeah. Socialization, all of a sudden you got 20 hours, right? right? In a month. So this is the idea that the ulama, and Imam Sha'arawi uh, used to always talk about, it's uh, the ulama have created mawasim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established in, in the sharia a couple of seasons, so Ramadan is the season of fasting and the season of the Quran. Hajj is the season of, at least for the Hujjaj, for Tawbah. Right? Your once in a lifetime chance. Different seasons. So Rabi'ul uh, Awal was established uh, in time as the time to remember the Prophet وسلم, revive his love in the hearts of, of children and adults, right? To clean off the rust uh, from that. And it it could go it could happen to really good people like for months didn't think twice about the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam think about like the sunnah prayer yeah keep a sunnah beard yeah you thought about that but did you actually contemplate about the life of the messenger how what did you do you love the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam do you feel anything in your heart about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam have you devoted time to salah on the prophet peace be upon him and let's be honest how many very good people like months have passed and this question never came up in their mind right so what's the reasonable way to do it? Compact it all into a, a season for everyone to make it easy. So if you want to know what to do, show up. That's it. Show, so, up. show up to the mullet. Show, show up to, to the, the gatherings. Ga yeah, show up to the gatherings. And if someone wants a dis the disclosure or whatever, the disclaimer, I should say. Uh, disclaimer is the right word. Yeah, if it's a gathering of raqs and zina and, and, and <laughs> perfume. and <laughs> No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about gatherings in Masajid or in people's homes in which nothing other than legitimate things are done, such as uh, some narration, storytelling, some reading of Shema'in, of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and uh, adhkar related to the Messenger, and qasaid that move your heart now someone said well why don't we just read them why qasad? uh are we human beings or what you know that your heart moves to these things i mean are you alive like you and me i mean subhanallah i i yet to see a fatwa that's haram for men to sing there's no such fatwa there's right? not not even the hardcorest of hardcore yeah. salafis is going to tell you that it's haram for men to sing yeah they and, might dislike the subject matter and, <laughs> but they're not gonna they're not gonna debate that men joining their voices and reciting poetry is impermissible they can't because Talal al-Badr was the first qasida sung by Muslims right yeah. 
when the Prophet was coming in, and were they saying it? Talal Badr Alayna. Uh, by the way, your voice matched my voice. Don't be in unison with me. <laughs> On right? the contrary, you, you know the, that argument, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the children singing it because their voices are beautiful. Yeah, and and they were like, uh, uh, you know, this argument of well, the voices can't be in unison. Okay, so when they were singing the po- the two lines of poetry that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and some people say we can't call it poetry because that would the Prophet is not a poet, but a poet. In another interpretation of it, a poet is somebody who always makes poetry, not made two lines, right? right. And the Prophet ﷺ gave the Sahaba, while they're digging the trench, many years after the Hijrah, right? A couple lines to say, to keep their spirits up. Now, were they just saying them, everyone by himself, not in unison? Or were they saying them out loud with a melody, all in unison? Yeah, of course. So common sense. So why? To keep your spirits up, right? So we need to lift our spirits up. And there's nothing better than um, uh, a a nice sounding song, right? To lift your spirits up and mingle it with a meaning that is eternal in value. There's also the beautiful uh, incident in the early days of Medina in which the Prophet was walking down a way that he would walk and these little girls popped out and they uh, they started doing a thing where they were brushing the the sand in front of where he was going to walk yeah. by clearing the path oh, so and wow. singing singing some lines that that translate to um, what a blessed neighbor we have so right and he didn't say well yeah. your voices are in unison actually yeah. he said wallahi i love you subhanallah so so get lost with that yeah <laughs> all right and um, the second part of his question was any point, particular points of reflection we should focus on with regard to the prophet um, i have one that I think that sometimes people miss out on, and it's start, study the early part of the seerah. Mm. Start with prior to his father's uh, marriage to his blessed mother, rahimahullah, and uh, the, all the way leading up through his childhood. Mm. This is the part that people sometimes skip over or don't uh, reflect on that much, and there's actually a lot of amazing and beautiful things in that section. True. All right, next question. Uh, Salam, how to give dawah to your fathers from Ahsan? Um, keeping in mind the power dynamic and age gap, um, and then his father has some reservations, and that sometimes the conversations end up um, in mockery of the dean. So uh, I guess his father is very resistant to it. I don't think that a person should even try. Just have good uh, akhlaq, because the elder, it's a parent especially, it's very hard. And Imam Ghazali has a thing where you don't forbid wrong to your parent, right? You may tell your uncle to tell your father to talk to your father, but you can't forbid wrong to the parent. Uh, it just—it's not just about a religiously can you do it or not, but it's also about is it practical? Does this actually—is it going to work? Right? And there's a lot of ego between a father and son. So even if you bring the truth, this is not bringing truth like, uh, Dad, you need to get your health in order. Right? This is bringing truth that you have been living your life wrong your whole life. Right? This yeah. whole this whole time. So this is a big difference. Right? Of course. Uh, so. Different, differing with parents on politics, on 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 big, deep issues of life. Where, really, if you think about it, the job of the parent is to to guide you to those things. So now you're turning around and telling them you didn't do your job, right? Mm-hmm. The job of a parent is not to just to feed them and put clothes on their backs, right? The job of the parent is to ease them into this this world that we live in with all of its issues and ideas and all that. So. That's why there is, you know, something of a hesitation. So I think that people should simply be a good example, right? That's all you can do. Yeah, and one other thing that I've noticed is that I think sometimes uh, the parent will be more receptive to um, to the to a child of the opposite gender. So Very like, true. 
daughters daughters have way more leeway and influence with their fathers than sons do. That's totally because true. at the end of the day, the son he's supposed to emulate you now. Yeah, like, it's exactly what you said. Whereas a daughter can tell you things, and you'll be like, "Whoa, she's a girl," and I'm, it's not. There's no competition. Different. And yeah. same thing with a mother. A, a mother, if the son is telling the mother, she won't feel that like. You know, that's you're the true. younger version of me trying to educate me. Are you crazy? Yeah, it's more like that's my son. I will, I, I can actually admire him and that's maybe true. think yeah. highly of what he's telling me. Yeah, true. All right, next question is from Not a Crook. Um, I always hear Muslim men saying a cool part of being Muslim is the brotherhood they experience, but I feel us sisters, for the most part, uh, don't really have that. Maybe it's just me. Any thoughts on what sisters lack slash what they can do to feel more of a sisterhood with Muslims? If we can answer this. There has actually been two uh, sisters that I, uh, my wife and another sister that I wanted to bring on for a certain episode, uh, but we'll do that another time. I haven't gotten around to, to bringing them on. Uh, but that question really, unfortunately, I don't really know. Uh, what I, I see the sisterhood from, you know, my the daughter's group, my daughter's group, and I do see from my wife's group, right? But it's not so much different than brotherhood it's time spent together share with shared goals and be- shared beliefs and goals and interests right so you share the same foundations you're going generally in the same direction in life right and then thirdly you have shared culture shared interests side things that you just that sort of uh, make it go down easier Make mm-hmm. the time together go down, uh, like not only just easy but enjoyable at the same time. So I, I would say it's it's these three things, and then you just spend time together, uh, you know, doing things related to these things. So for us, when it's shared beliefs, it's classes, right? Yeah. Uh, when it's shared goals, it's all the stuff that's happening, you know, in that phase of life. So if the sisters are students, it's going to be like studying, right? Getting a job getting married right if it's um later in life it's you know raising kids all that stuff if it's later on beyond that i have i don't know what beyond that is right it's marrying people off okay marrying your kids off right that's what you're gonna relate to if it's after that it's geriatric situations right like you're both getting old right uh keeping each other and and the funny thing is my my father-in-law my 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 dad as well they have they still have friends right just because they get old doesn't mean they have friends right uh or that just halas like we're done no, they still have interests, I mean, yeah. I should say. Like, they're still interested in certain things, and they like to do it together. Sure. Which is weird, because it's so, you still sort of think about that. You think when someone's old, you think of them solitary in a chair or surrounded by grandkids. But grandpa's also got friends, right? Yeah. Right? The Giddu squad, as, the uh, squad. <laughs> as my uh, kids call it. So you're always going to have, and that, these are the three things. And whenever I used to make friends, I used to make sure the first one was in line. Right, shared foundations, beliefs. We should, we believe in the same thing about life in general. Right. Life meaning deen. Right. Life and akhira and aqidah and deen. Like we're on the same page on that. We can't not be on the same page on that. Third, second thing is uh, goals. Right. Like what are we doing in life right now? And then the third thing being uh, interests. Because if we have no interests, we have the same goal, same foundation, but no interest, then there's no point in the friendship. There's nothing to do. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have anything to contribute to this just because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a woman. I don't know yeah, what those dynamics are. That's true. I don't know the details of the dynamics, but yeah. I do know that it's pretty much the same idea of spending time with people who have these three things. Yeah. It's spending time. It's just different ways of spending time. So basically, the advice is find other sisters who are on the same thing as you. And yeah, and the best, the best uh, way to make friends is through 
study circles because that's where the f- people meet for the foundation. Yeah. Right. And I'm telling you, the friendships that you make based on that, they can last a lot longer because you have the same foundation. Whereas if it's a friendship just based upon a colleague at work, a student at school, a neighbor, you don't. You're only sharing space, really, yeah. and you're yeah. being cordial with one another and tolerating one another and maybe liking one another. But I, I have friendships like that, right? Not all my friendships are just dean-based friendships, right? Right. But those friendships, it's almost like, oh my gosh, I hope this person never looks me up, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or it's like, uh, I don't want to look them up too. Yeah. I know that they're, uh, you know, they're. I know that they're Christians, yeah. and they're probably saying stuff that I won't want to hear, sure. right? Or they might have no religion, or have been in a whole other zone of life, right? Than than what we're talking about. So I don't want to look up, look them up. Right. And when you have friendships uh, that are just based on space, like your neighbors, it's the same thing. It's like, uh, you, what is the friend? What is it about? Okay, well, you, you, can I borrow your snowblower? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, which is good. That's good. Yeah, Hold that's on. fine. That's the that's the that's the nature. And he knows. I know that he knows. He doesn't want me to go on certain subjects. I don't want to go on certain subjects. Sure. So the subjects should be, the leaves. Who are you doing to get your lawn? Where'd you get that snowblower, right? Um, kids going to play basket. These property basketball. taxes. These property taxes. When are they going to pave the street, right? Did, did, did so-and-so's dog, you know, poop on your lawn too, right? <laughs> uh, so-and-so, why'd he pull all his trees down? His house looks horrible, right? <laughs> uh, that stuff, right? Yeah. That's it. He knows, we both know, stop there. Right. But to, that is a type of friendship. It's not sure. a not, not friendship. Yeah. It is a type of friendship because... Yeah. Think about if it was the opposite. It would be miserable. Like I, I go home, I have to make sure that if he's you know, in the driveway, I'm going to slow down because I don't want to say hello, right? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to take the garbage out, I'm going to peek first to make sure he's not there. You don't want that. Right. So Very good. All right, so there's only one more question that came in, and that is from Nabil Aziz. Mm-hmm. He says, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. May Allah raise your rank. Yep. Is it okay? I mean, you too. <laughs> yeah, what did I say? Yep. I said, yeah. I mean, you too. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So, what do you say? Let's see. Okay. Uh, is it <laughs> okay? It's it's controversy night with Nabil Aziz. It's, is okay. it okay to be a white Muslim? That's his question. <laughs> Tom. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I like him. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a white Muslim here, so. Charles, uh, uh, okay. Allahu Akbar. Yeah. So uh, according to some uh, standards, I shouldn't even reply to Nabil Aziz. No, no, you're not allowed to reply to Nabil Aziz yeah. because. He's been canceled, and then you're going to be canceled yeah. in, in return. And, uh, and I shouldn't even be apl- uh, friends with Alex for Harding. Yeah, I like I liked his comment. <laughs> so <laughs> now y- you should be out too. Well, now, I'm, I'm sure that I'm out. I just don't care. Right? So, <laughs> um, so the question is here. Actually, the point I want to bring up is, in, in what is a shara'i version of canceling? We have some called wala ambara, right? Yeah. Which is literally canceling people. It's worse than canceling canceling people, right? Yeah. It's disassociation it's, and it's disassociation based on divine uh, standards, right? So wala is loyalty, bara is innocence of, right? Like I got nothing. I have nothing to do with this person. And for that, we're going to have we have bara from uh, people mubtadi'a who are actively upon their bid'ah or promoting it. Okay, we have bara from the public sinner al fasiq. Public meaning he's shameless about it. Mm-hmm. Not meaning, you know, astaghfirullah, I know that some things in my gas station are haram. I'm sorry about that, right? 
those types of things. Right. Like he's ashamed of it. So he could be sinning in public, but he's ashamed of it. And we know those, right? Um, uh, thirdly, uh, from tyrants who are oppressing and their supporters. Right, anyone who supports tyrant, and that's like a type of lesser bara. It could be a lesser bara for a reason, uh, in terms of the supporters of tyrants, in the from the aspect of if they have their own interpretation, blah blah blah, and there's going to be discussion, right? And while I'm trying to do the lesser of two evils, then we would say it's a lesser because it's based. There's discussion on it. Sure. If not, we'd be doing bara from everybody that voted. From everyone. That voted. That voted. Period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In either party. Exactly. Because lesser voted, of two evils. You voted for Bush. I'm doing bara. You voted for Obama. <laughs> exactly. Even more. <laughs> So we, who do we not do barat from? You don't do barat from someone who made a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. Or did something that, like, for example, Nabil Aziz, I remember some while back, I woke up one morning and saw he deleted everything on his Twitter, mm-hmm. right? And he said, I don't want to have uh, beef anymore with Muslims, right? Now, I don't know how long that lasted, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I, don't, I didn't follow, to be honest, but I was, I liked that, right? That's someone who saw that, there was some argumentation in a way that is not right. I liked it. Now, is is he filling in the, the one of these categories? No, he's not in one of these categories. He doesn't support an oppressor. He's not a man, a person of bid'ah, and he's not an open sinner. That doesn't mean he's perfect. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't have mistakes. It doesn't mean we don't have errors. We don't cut people off for those things, right? Mistakes, errors. Political views that we don't like, cultural no, views we don't like. Those are the two things that people are really. So those are the two things that people have made the center of these political and cultural political views. and cult, political and cultural views. Like yeah. you dared say something that I was offended by. Yeah, um, and I don't see that there's any opening for that for you. So you're out. Yeah. So cultural takfirism, political takfirism, we're not those, right? We're gonna do it based upon the three things that we just mentioned, right? Yeah. Like I don't cut people off if they go around saying whatever it is that they're saying about uh you know whatever cultural views they have that i disagree with yeah. i don't cut you off i don't delete you i don't mute you i don't block you yeah. because you're like a super liberal mm-hmm. that's that's fine it's your mistake to make we got friends who work for de- the democratic party right yeah and you have friends <laughs> <laughs> and no i do too i have friends that are elected democratic officials yeah, elected uh, officials now i don't like it right uh, it's not my thing, right? Yeah. Now it could be. I don't. I don't actually don't mind it if it's in local government stuff, sure. right? Where it doesn't touch upon anything bad. So that I don't have a problem with. But to to go out and I'm gonna be on the Hillary's campaign, Obama's campaign. It's not something I like, right? Yeah. If 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 you know someone asked me my advice on it, I'd be like, no, that's not something I would want to do. But is that cancel worthy? Is it barat worthy? No, it's no. not. I mean, I don't want to matter campaigning for Ted Cruz either. Yeah, yeah. So it's a matter of opinion. And uh, are there things that people say on the internet that I that we associate with that are going to be exactly what we say? No, it's not going to happen. So we have to know that there is an area between. Uh, there's a line of barat, and does it mean that inside that line we all match in everything? No, we don't all match in everything, but we don't have barat either. We don't cut someone off. That means that you cut everyone off in the masjid, right? Yeah. Except for like five people. Yeah, you're going to be able to find fault with someone. Exactly. Over something at exactly. some point. There are some people who said, you know, that uh, uh, we, we should have elections in the masjid. Okay. B- big difference of opinion. So so he's not invited to the next dinner party? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, where are we going with this, right? Well, if you do invite him, that means that you clearly support his push for elections in the masjid. <laughs> You can't be friends with somebody and not agree with every single thing they exactly. ever said. Exactly. How dare you? Yeah. 
Um, so. so yeah, so so since we're talking about it, let's talk about it a yeah. little bit. So Nabil's question comes from something that's been going on in the last just couple of weeks, as far as I've noticed. Where um, it's it looks like the cent- at the center of it is uh, Ali Abdurrahman, um, goes by Maliki Fik on Twitter. Click, click, yeah. Who's been uh, and I, I haven't read every post and I haven't read them in detail and I, I I honestly I haven't had a chance to listen to his podcast that he had on it, but apparently he's been uh, arguing for a uh, culturally centered Islam for white Muslims. So like, you know, people tend to associate based on their cultural heritage, white Muslims. And this is the part of the argument that I find uh, that I find actually uh, pretty cogent, which is white Muslims tend to be a rarity. They're not as common as most other, you know, ethnic groups. They're not as common as uh, black Muslims. Certainly not as common as uh, immigrant Muslims. Um, So they tend to be sometimes, and unlike other minority groups like the Hispanic Muslims, across the board, everybody goes, they're great. They're people of color, so obviously they're good, mm-hmm. right? The POC label gets you, opens all kinds of doors for you. Yeah. So you're Hispanic Muslim, awesome. Chi- uh, you know, Asian, like South Asian converts, like Korean and Chinese, fantastic. Please come along. Um, white Muslims, suspect. Mm. Are you really Muslim? Are you an agent? <laughs> Even then, have you really divorced yourself from, from your whiteness and your... Yeah tendency towards white supremacy are you are you willing to address you know your privilege and in, in a ways that we find acceptable all of these things right so not only is being white and being muslim kind of like a, a rarity uh, it's uncommon in america anyway um and there's a lot of pressures that come with with that i know because when i became muslim back in 92 i never even heard of another hispanic muslim like forget about knowing any i didn't even know that that was an actual thing like i did it being like you're way ahead of the curve being like people are either going to be like why are you trying to be arab why are you trying to be black <laughs> right and i was like i don't care it has nothing to do it's a theological issue for me i became muslim because islam mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter that there's no no other ones like me and then when i finally met one i was like eh, yeah I, i'm still friends with these egyptian guys anyway <laughs> like it didn't even move me to be like oh i'm going to be friends with you now there are groups like that they're like islam in spanish yeah. uh, that group down in texas Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a lot of stuff. So the long and the short of it is, if you can find community that you can relate to, talk about issues that are common to your group, um, you know how your family re- reacted to you, which is going to be different from how other families do. True. All that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with promoting. And uh, I mean, it's almost like people assume automatically because if white people are getting together on the basis of uh, white identity, whatever that means. That all of a sudden, it's eventually going to turn into the KKK. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous assumption, especially of your brothers in Islam. Question. Uh, would you be offended or insulted, or would there be a problem if um, you saw, you know, one of our brothers go, uh, you know, going somewhere, and he said, I'm going to a Bosnian cultural event? Is that offensive to you? No. Not even a little bit. Yeah. So let's say he said, well, in, in, in Eid, we Bosnians have such and such. I'm just making stuff up, right? We have such and such a tradition. Because in, in in Pakistan, they have something called Chandrat. Yeah, they do. I have no clue what it is, right? It, just means, like, it just means new moon, right? It's it's totally innocent, right? I think it's like a pre-Eid party or something. Like it's that. totally innocent, right? It's the Eid night after Isha. They have a Chandrat, which is, means new. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. But Probably. it means new moon, right? And it's a party, right? It's a Desi party. Yeah. Right, you go to you, they rent it out at MBIC. It's Daisy night on MBIC. Right, there's not a single non-Daisy in the building. 
spicy food. Yeah. And they haven't done one for a while, right? But not because I stopped it or anything, right? Yeah. But uh, they would. my friends would go to it, right? We're going to Chandra. Okay, it's not something that my family goes to, right? My, sure. Never even heard of it. <laughs> but the, my point is, here's something that's Islamic and cultural at the same time, right? Yeah. Why should I feel upset about that? Did they ever exclude me from it? No, they didn't. They invited me to it, right? But everything about it, its name, its food, is going to be Daisy. So if hypothetically there was a Bosnian version of that, okay, a semi-religious cultural thing that they used to do in Bosnia on a certain religious day, right? Or a certain day of the season, of some season. Should I be offended by that? For sure, because they're white. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Okay, if the Turks had something like that. Turks are sort of white, I guess you could say. But the Bosnians are white. White, white. Yeah. White, and their hair is like mostly, most of them are blonde, right? So. uh, No, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So when I was asked this question, I said that any cultural thing that a person should have, you should be proud of your culture, people, race, skin, from the aspect that Allah gave that to you, and you should be given shukr. So the Prophet has a poem that's uh, that about him being from the lineage of Abdul Muttalib, right? So, uh, I'm the prophet, no lie, I'm the son of Abdul Muttalib. Okay, so here he is mixed. He is praised, what is his first thing? His iman, number one, Islam, being a prophet. Number two, his lineage, right? And the Arab, he cares about his lineage. The Arab doesn't care about his skin or he cares about his lineage, right? Right. So, uh, the Prophet is... Uh, f- by the way, Quraysh, very privileged. The journey of the north yeah. and the south in the winter and the summer, that happened only because of after the elephant incident, uh, no one would mess with the Quraysh. Right. They would mess with everyone else. Right. So they got rich off of that incident where no one wants to mess with Quraysh. Isn't that what we call privilege? Right? Okay. So in any event, the Prophet he didn't say, well, I should feel guilty because... Um, our, our tribe was really rich because no one wants to mess with us because my great-grandfather or my grandfather had a, no, a number of miracles where, you know, the elephants came to destroy the Kaaba, but birds came and it was his strategy to move away, right? To go out to the mountaintops. And he's the one who found Zemzem. So we have water no one else does, right? right? Well, of course, Yathrib does, but other places do. But pretty much nobody has a spring of water that keeps going. It's right. a rarity, okay? We found a treasure there. We're the ones who have the Kaaba. So everyone has to come to us. Well, I mean, this is privilege upon privilege upon privilege. Right. Okay. The point is, you can be proud of everything of your background out of shukr to Allah Ta'ala that he gave you this. Provided, right, with the caveat that Islam brought, which are, the uh, sharia brought, with the caveats being, you don't believe that you are superior to anyone. You can believe that you're unique. You can believe that you're special. You can believe that you're superior to anyone. Number two, you don't exclude anyone. You don't hurt anyone's feelings. Like Sharia is really sensitive about this. If you think about Prophet I mean, has the hadith, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that the hurting the feeling of a Muslim in the sight of Allah is worse than destruction of the Kaaba. Right. Number four is you don't oppress. That's obvious. You don't oppress someone. I mean, if you don't hurt their feelings, you're definitely not going to oppress them. Right. So these are the four things that a person's got to observe when they're proud. Like if we had an Egyptian night. Right, we're gonna invite to exclude people to hurt their feelings, right? But if someone's gonna get to the point where, well, just merely saying you're an Egyptian, 
Because let's say I'm a Jewish convert. Well, you guys enslaved us. Don't even say Egyptian, right? <laughs> You're getting to a point where, to the point that there might actually be, no, you do have the right to say that, right? You're not guilty for what someone else did, right? So, I don't know. Uh, so, does that make... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, to play just one of the counterpoints that I've seen, um, or that I can imagine people will make is, fine, That's all. those are all actual cultures, whereas being white is just, is just a racial identification, then specify your, the terms then, right? Yeah. Because whiteness, when people say the word whiteness, they mean a lot of things beyond right. just being white, right? Because they're not talking about Bosnians. No, they're not talking about Bosnians. They're talking mainly about Americans. Yeah. Usually probably some kind of like Anglo-Saxon, maybe German, maybe something like that. Um, they're talking about Western European yeah. heritage so so the thing is that we don't have this concept that people who were privileged and people whose you know forefathers were oppressed we don't divide society by that right right that's not how we divide the society because even if my forefathers oppressed your forefathers or your forefathers oppressed my forefathers and i'm, I'm sitting here with tom like tom where are you from uh yeah irish italian syrian irish italian syrian and, yeah Syrian is probably the whitest of those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So I was thinking that if you had said something like British, right? Okay. Um, I could probably make an argument that your great-grandfathers probably fought wars against my great-grandfathers, right, and defeated them. And maybe one of your great-grandfathers was like a clerk in the colonial Egypt, right? Uh, that was, uh, you know, out there. So if you had a British background, right? And right. In, in England, I bet half the... What about all the British converts? So, we're guaranteed your great-grandfathers were colonizing the Indians. No. Okay, but you're not guilty of that. No. Okay, you're privileged because you benefited from it. In what way did you benefit? You benefited a lot. Okay, your parents got a lot of wealth from it, but isn't that what it means to be a victor? You got some privilege, right? So I still don't get... I, I need a direct line that your wealth was haram or that was stolen like i need a direct line i can't have this general thing that your people did x y and z bad things therefore all of you people are privileged and you should feel guilty about it right right so so that's that's an excellent point and you know i because i've been seeing how this developed over the last few weeks yeah. a lot of it is coming from uh him pushing back on what woke twitter woke muslim twitter has been it's saying ridiculous things like somebody was like, I don't consider white Muslims sociologically Muslim. Maybe theologically, but not sociologically. Oh You're not really Muslim. What does that Which, even mean? I, I have no idea. If you're theologically Muslim, <laughs> so he was like, being being Muslim is more than what you what you what you believe, what you profess of your faith. Which that definition of Islam might make that person not really a Muslim. Yeah, you just made it a cultural thing now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or people who go, you know, you know, people questioning Ismail Royers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's really he's been Muslim as long as I have since like 92, 93. He's old school. Yeah. Um, Joe Joe Bradford, who speaks better Arabic than most Arabs. Oh, they got on him too. He's white, right? So there's like, you know, sometimes you your privilege shows or or your your white, your whiteness or your whatever it is. I mean, Hamza Yusuf, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, who's 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 okay? Abdul Hakim Murad is ready to be canceled because he did a whole thing of you know uh examining and excavating british muslim culture mm-hmm. so like how dare you yeah 
right? So like, where is it? Where's the line? Where are you going to draw the line? Yeah. Some of our, some of my favorite ulama in the English-speaking world are white converts. Yeah. So what are we doing here? We're just tossing people to the side because of an accident of birth. Yeah. So the 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 that whole line of thinking, those people should just. Uh, you know, I want to say it. You know, but, yeah. I t- uh, what I want to say is, take your thing, go and leave us alone. But uh, that's not really nice. Uh, not not really the right thing to say. But that's really how yeah. I feel sometimes. So, um, my my position on this is, if you if you tag me or other people, saying, "Oh, look at what this person said. It's offensive to uh, you know black people or uh, Daisies or Arabs or whomever," shouldn't you be? Now you have to correct that person. I've ignored you and your friends mm-hmm. forever and haven't tried to advise you on your ridiculousness. So yeah. I'm letting everybody just do their... You, everybody's free to do their thing. Nobody's policing anything. You guys do what you want. And uh, if anybody crosses the line theologically, obviously you're you're out. If you're doing something offensive or if you as a person are generally an offensive person that I can't stomach, yeah. then I'll just mute you. Um, like I've... Like that guy that's going to get into a debate in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, that guy's muted. I'm not reading anything yeah, he has to say. Blocked. It's totally ignored. If you're Abu Laith, uh, you're out. Yeah. You're muted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, fight it out amongst yourselves. It's not my business. Do you know the funny thing? You know how all these uh, fights, uh, you know, just disappear? You stop hitting the notification button. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and for four days when I knew that... Uh, I had said something about Foucault and Marx just in a you know moment of being annoyed with off the cuff this off the yeah. cuff stuff like that, and I saw responses and I said you know what I'm I'm not even bothering with this nonsense because I'm just not bothering and fr- from Juma till Monday morning I'm totally off I'm mo- like ninety percent of the time I don't have I don't have a moment to get online right which is good. So what people may not know listening to this is that you're not actually you don't actually have a smartphone that you carry in your pocket. Yeah, I don't do I don't do this stuff twenty four seven. For you to be on Twitter, I have to you actually have to log onto a computer somewhere. I gotta log onto a computer, and when you're in a home, right, to log on a computer outside of work hours is almost when your your work hours are as bizarre as they are already is like insulting, right, to I, the people in your home. I have right? a computer in my house. I. I turn it on like once every four months. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, I don't know. Yeah. And my computer is always, I put it, I have like a downstairs basement office type of thing. And I like to keep it down there. Mm-hmm. Right. So to, to, to now on my days off, come downstairs. It's like uh, insulting to the people that you live with. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good for, it's good for me to, to be away from this stuff. And secondly, I thought to myself, you know what? Why do I have to look at what people say? I thought of myself as of the door, right? Uh, yeah, don't, don't we lock the door? Like, why do I need to look at what people say? I might go to a tweet and answer a question, right? Mm-hmm. Or a clarification or something like that. But do I need to see, am I interested in the home feed uh, to see what everyone else is saying in the world? Um, sometimes, yeah, but mainly not really, right? Not interested like in an arrogant way, like I have nothing. Well, no, but it's not something that, if I want to know what Abdullah bin Hamid Ali is saying, Sheikh Abdullah, I'm going to go to his page, right? right. If I want to know what Sheikh uh, so-and-so is saying, I'll go to his page. I don't need a feed, right? So secondly, I don't uh, stop going to the feed. I stop going to the notification center, right? Either that little bell that tells you everything. I click on it so the number goes away, right? <laughs> then I click off. to see the number. Yeah, right? it's annoying to see the number. They're trying to tempt you, yeah, right? Of Look at 35 people are saying stuff, right? And it's not saying something. Some kid who hit a button says like, and that's a notification, right? <clears throat> so uh, by not looking at those things, I don't know a lot of things that are going on, which I'm happy about. Yeah. And there's certain things that there's a point where 
you don't need to keep up. There is no fear of missing out. There's no need to keep up with the Joneses, right? There's no need to know certain knowledge. There is need to know certain things. Like I'm always in trying to figure out like what I'd like to be on the cusp of what's the latest in technology, right? Sure. Something that affects life. I don't need to be on the cusp of what a grad student says about me from, <laughs> from England, right? <laughs> it's utterly insignificant, right? It's sure. utterly insignificant. And oftentimes I remind myself of the salaries of professors and grad students, right? Which is a reflection of what society thinks of their value, right? <laughs> so if society has deemed your value is at 60 or $70,000, right? Well, that says something about what you, the nonsense that you're saying. Right? And we're talking about living in London or New York City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, so, I mean, uh, and, and you yourself, the commenter himself, will forget what he said five mm-hmm. months later, right? So why should I bother by it? And this is like, I'm trying to soften it here, like, so I'm not like, too offensive to them, right? So you yourself are going to forget what you said. So what difference does this make, right? It makes no difference at all what anyone says uh, unless you come and bring me a proof where I said something wrong, right? Which was the latest thing where they said that um, why I commented on, you know, the, that military guy or that guy was ex-con or ex-military guy or whatever, yeah. right? It was just talking about discipline, it was just talking about discipline, talking about hard work and respect and all that stuff. It was a street talk, right? Yeah. Whatever. But uh, he's obviously a trainer of some sorts, right? He's a trainer. That's what I got from it. I thought he right? was in jail, but I didn't watch the video, so I don't know. Yeah, he's like an ex-con or ex-military, something like that. Okay. But he's a fit- it goes to show you how much attention I give the thing, mm-hmm. right? He's a fitness trainer of some sorts. So uh, And he uses like militaristic type of discipline. That's what I got from it. Those right? guys are rough. I, I like it, right? right? I, I like, you know, a cup a dosage of that. Not all the time, but a dosage of that. I like discipline, right? Sure. I like discipline. Uh, uh, clarity. Say something that's actionable. I don't like un- inactionable uh, ideas are useless to me. If it's not something that can be put into action consistently, it's a useless idea. Uh, in the military, you don't talk nonsense ideas. You talk action, right? right. Um, you have hierarchy and respective order. Right. There's teamwork and discipline and all these. I love these things. Right. So people who I think that, you know, need it, need a good dosage of it to suggest it. How is that like wrong? I, I'm totally confused. Right. <laughs> like I'm totally like wondering, did I miss something here? The guy is complete. No. So I saw some of those. Shit. Was the, Were they saying like this guy is going to be like mean to them or something? Was it like no idea. hurting like, their feelings? I'm like, or, I don't get it. I have no idea what would be wrong with that. And and they're saying, oh, you're promoting Ali Abdur. Abdurrahim. Abdurrahman or Abdurrahim? Abdurrahman. Okay. Uh, Maliki. Well, first of all, I didn't go on the internet at all the the time that he all of a sudden became public enemy number one. That's the first (laughs) thing. I have no clue about this. I opened my thing literally this morning, just so people know how this Twitter thing works. I'm out. I'm downstairs. I finished uh, what I needed to do in the morning. I come downstairs. I put the kettle on, right, to to make my coffee. Open the computer up. I usually put the news, like Radio 880 on, just to see what's going on, right? I clicked on the Twitter, and the first thing was the feed, right? Because when you click on, you get your home feed. Right. I saw this the first thing I saw, right? I clicked it. I watched a couple minutes of it. I said, you know, send some of these grad students to this guy. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, to be a grad student is very bad for your health. That's the first thing, Mm -hmm. right? You're sitting on, and a lot of professions. I mean, you're a lawyer. Most of it's bad for your health, too. You're sitting on your rear end in an upright position. Now, add grad school is... Law school is three years. Grad school, you're adding like maybe more, right? Ten years. Definitely more, yeah. <laughs> and you're typing all day. And you're getting very cerebral. You're getting too cerebral. You're out of balance, right? So I'm like, well, send these people to them. 
All of a sudden, that's controversial? Are we kidding here? Seriously. Actually, you know what? If you think that's controversial, I think you're the right candidate to go to this camp, right? <laughs> <laughs> the double down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, Sheikh Noor has a, a word that Sheikh Abdurrahman uh, gave him yeah. of brisk walk 20 minutes a day. Subhanallah. Because Very he was like, important. you're sitting down, your back is bent, you're reading a lot. Yeah. He Brisk said, walk, yeah, very important. He said you have to get up and you have to do a minimum 20 minutes every single day. Mm-hmm. Walk at a brisk pace. Mm-hmm. Like some young people can't keep up with him yeah. when he does the walk. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's like hilly. So yeah. You're up and down and all that stuff. That's obligatory for him every day from his sheikh because he was a student. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the people on Twitter, they're gone a little, I think they're gone a little crazy, to be honest with you. So. I, it, I don't think, I think some of it's insincere. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it is incredibly immature. Like I tagged Dr. Shadi, and I, and he's been alerted to what this person is saying, <laughs> and he still hasn't done anything to correct. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, that you had, I can't believe the audacity you have thinking that you tag somebody <laughs> you, that they automatically have to come into your beef with. You. Settle it yourself. What are you, a bunch of little kids? I know. Like <laughs> I told, I told Dad, exactly. and he didn't even do anything about it. <laughs> I'm telling. It's this is the adult it's, version of I'm telling. It, right? It's sitting in the backseat going. Dad, she keeps coming into my side. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the field the other day, and the boy was crying. He went to his coach, and he said, uh, she called me a shut-up, right? <laughs> and the coach, he said, that's really not a big deal. Stop crying. It's not something worth crying about, right? I was like, that's parenting, right? <laughs> that's parenting, right? And if when that happens, the kid's going to grow up, and he's not going to become one of these kids on Twitter, right? Yeah. That, uh, oh, um, I, uh, here it is. I'm alerting him. His silence speaks volumes. I look. It was released one hour ago. Allah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the summary of it all is on Facebook, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go onto Facebook right now and, and pull this up of Abdul Aziz Suraka, who Mashallah. who Mashallah. I don't know what happened. But all my f- uh, Facebook, because also when you open Facebook, you get the feed. Every single feed is him, right? Which I'm like, good. That's that's a blessing. I know. Yeah. I'm like, good. Mellow f- preserve. Exactly. The first, him. the first person on my feed every single week is him. So I'm like, good, because he says some uh, spiritually deep things, too. Now, he goes, this is the funniest thing he said. He said, I've, I just ventured onto Muslim Twitter. What a cesspool. <laughs> and then he comments, okay. Uh, Abdul Sattar, I don't know which is that. Our Abdul Sattar of, uh, uh, I can't remember. All right, it's one of the most horrendous places one can be. There's literally no reason to be there unless one is countering the dirt actively along with taking excessive self-care purification measures, right? I admire the shiukh and tulab who have the opportunity to spend their time in efforts that would be deeply more satisfying to themselves and instead put a little effort into spreading some light there for the common good. Unfortunately, even some of them get caught up in issues with each other, okay, which was probably last yeah. week's war inner war which i was totally against uh i recently uninstalled it when i saw students of knowledge throwing slurs at one another last week he's, talk, he's talking about the time of omar Suleiman. they went after omar Suleiman, yeah. right which i found was com- was complete ghulu, and i stand by that uh 100 he's not your enemy that you want to go you want to tell him you know don't be so friendly with uh so and so or so and so fine that tell him that but he's not your enemy to go and 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 go after him like that uh blah 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 uh, all due to misunderstanding they could clear up if they had lunch together. Omar Tawil, you know him? 
Homer Tawid. He's from Chicago. He's a good guy. He's uh, he's like working in colleges and stuff. He's a Madiki uh, brother. He's uh, Palestinian, I think. Is he Palestinian? But he's a funny guy, man. They call him Hamza Makbul's. Uh, he's Hamza Makbul's uh, homie, and they call him Tornado because when he comes in. He's got so full of energy. He said, agreed. Muslim Twitter is ridiculous. Uh, Imran Ali Malik, our own. Yes. From Princeton, Dr. Saud's uh, son-in-law. Uh, Muslim Twitter is a dumpster fire, burning trash for warmth. <laughs> 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 Who knew that this thread would be so fun? All right. Murad Othman. Okay. Oh, mashallah. I had to delete my account. I couldn't handle how volatile it is. There was so much kufra and zandaka there. <laughs> you know that there would not be a comment by Murad unless there was a mention of the kufra and zandaka. There, yeah, of course. Okay. Mikhail uh, Sar- Saracino. Don't know him, but uh, he says, don't do it to yourself, CD. Yes. <laughs> but wait, yeah. well, Murad is the most consistent person I know in real life. Yeah. Like, he's always the same. Yeah. And you know what I love about uh, people of knowledge is that what we just said about uh, the rules of wala and bara, I know that they all share it, right? Yes. They all share it, yes. right? So uh, knowing that we all share the same beliefs on what is something that's we can agree to disagree, what is something we can disagree vehemently on, but we still have to stay brothers, mm-hmm. right? And what is something that khalas, uh, uh, we div- we cut ties. Okay. Um, all right. Next one. Dawood Walid, attacking scholars and shiuch seems to be the new fast track to become famous or get a lot of retweets. Right? Horrible. I, do you know, I'm, I'm, I honestly just read the the first one. I'm just reading these right now. Uh, Abdulaziz Suraka comments, says, it is basically a Murtad and Zadiq club. <laughs> okay. With lone voices of sanity and Islam drowned out by a cacophony of kufr and SJW wokeness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really need to take uh, pictures of this and throw it up. It's uh, Sheikh Abdulaziz white. He's Oh, he's white. Yes, he's white. SubhanAllah. Unbelievable. Canceled. Okay, canceled. Saeed Back says, it also depends on who you follow. It can be much better than what's described above. If you only follow sane, knowledgeable Muslims and ignore Block, the Riff Raff, and the Murtad Zadiq crowd. Uh, Dawood Walid respond, even with the following zero riffraff woke Muslims and their radical acolytes will still come after you, attack yes. one's own tweets or even your retweets. I just had a woke critical race theory Muslim do it to me a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> a woke critical race Muslim. Okay. Wait, what, attacking Dawood Walid? Yeah, attacking Dawood Walid. Do you even know who he is? Mashallah. <laughs> okay. Despite its many flaws, Abdulaziz Suraka, I miss 90s Islam sometimes, where talking smack would get you smacked. <laughs> this is right. That's 100% correct. He continues, I also think it serves as a good measure of whether you should engage with someone on social media. If it were the 90s and they would get smacked if they said it in front of you, it's probably not wise to engage with them. On the other hand, if you would have smacked them, you can have a healthy dialogue, differ, and still be agreeable. That would relieve replies that right. All this tweeting and subtweeting against brothers instead of meeting in person or picking up the phone is so unmanly. We Correct. come from a generation of punks jump up to get beat down. Okay, by Brandon. So I'm totally against the 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 inner fighting amongst Ahl Sunnah and the uh, and even those who we have, you know, some gray area. And some will say that they're really not really Ahl Sunnah. But even those, if you think about it. With these, what Abdul, what uh, Dawood Ali just called woke critical race theory Muslims, right? They've banded us together again. It's as if our shiuch were praying for may Allah unite these tulab al-ilm or something. Yeah, we, we're reunited because we have now 
woke critical race theory Muslims, right? And and Subhanallah and my old rival from yesterday, right? Seems to be like a good friend right now. Okay, so he says. Then you're gonna taste uh, Abdulaziz. Then you're gonna taste blood in your mouth. It's gonna <laughs> flood <laughs> south to the ground, and you're gonna know. I don't, I don't know. Mess blood. around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that a song lyric or something? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I, I missed that part. Right. Uh, Oh my gosh, this is funny. Ruwaybida.com should redirect to Twitter, someone says. <laughs> Ruwaybida.com. Ruwaybida are the youth who argue and argue and argue and argue, yeah. right? That's the... Abdul Halim said Muslim Twitter folks over there are deluded into believing that they are academic Muslims. That's a great comment. That's true. This whole thread needs to be posted. I'm going to post this whole thread. You should. Talha Muhyiddin says, straight junkyard. Those self-proclaimed woke folks are just spoiled brats who whine about whatever... They have time for no objective insight. <laughs> you know what? That was that previous comment was a hundred percent on point. It's folkademic. It's folkademic. Yeah. Folkademic Twitter. Yeah. That folkademic Muslim Twitter. Yeah. Like get your PhD at least. Yeah. You guys are still all like totally halfway, halfway, <laughs> halfway doctorates. Yeah. And then doctorates in what? Non-subjects. Yeah, of course. These are non-subjects. Hamzusa studies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, these are PhDs with the degree of words on with word uh, in the department of words. On paper. Yeah, That's it's words on paper. <laughs> okay, Ismail Abdul Haq. I have no clue what he's going to say, but I know it's going to be good. There's a whole contingent on there that exists to hate on and talk down to white Muslim converts. Subhanallah. Oh, subhanallah. Yeah. Right? There aren't there aren't even enough of us to be as relevant <laughs> as these people seem to think. Indeed, we are. this is my point. There is like a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Omar Hamid, I think the prevalence of Murtads and Zindiks on there is evidence that we need more sanity Twitter, right? They won't go away and lay Muslims won't stop signing up. Good point. Okay, next next comment. Actually, more scary than the ex-Muslims themselves are the genocidal Muslim haters they attract. They are enough to stop pretty much any Muslim except the extreme self-haters listening to what the Murtads say. Okay. So, I keep one social media type account at a time okay so i used to be on facebook exclusively for a while and i just got rid of that because i was like it's time to go back to twitter so now i'm on twitter exclusively okay it's the only one i'm on i'm not instagram i'm not on facebook anymore i'm not on any of that um it's a different experience yeah it is uh a far more challenging experience (laughs) (laughs) only because you do you have to keep your head about you and you have to know who to ignore and who to you know, Facebook, Facebook. you have to be friends with someone so they can be friends with you. Like, it has to be mutual. Yeah. People can't just follow you. They can't just jump on your stuff. And uh, if you make your stuff not public, you know, whatever the rules are on Facebook, they're different. Um, you, I, thought, I thought about stuff. You can't avoid certain things. Now, the one way to avoid it is not to be on Twitter at all. If you're going to be on it, you got to learn how to reverse the attacks against you. Mm-hmm. Or else get off of it. If you're going to either go head to head, you're losing. Sure. If you're going to try to duck it, you're losing. Yeah. The only way is to jujitsu, right? To learn. Yes. Find a way to take this punch and pull it. Yeah. Right? That's the only way to do it. So I, uh, I, think, I'm, I think I'm good with staying on Twitter for a while now, though, because I think there's a lot of good that can, you can do on there if you're, yeah. if you're a normal adult human being. Yeah. Which, inshallah, I am. Normal adult human being. I got, I don't know, 27 years in Dean. Um, I'm a grounded, normal person. Mm -hmm. Listen, we've had now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten different commenters confirming normalcy. Yeah. This is why I like this. Nimr 
Any nimmers. All of Twitter is a cesspool. Okay. <laughs> no good can ever survive in a medium that limits itself to 140 characters, which is now it's 280. It's 280 now. Is it any wonder that it is the platform choice of choice for the con man in chief? Yeah. Bushra Khan. Okay. Here's a sister. Secular, woke, academic, Islamic scholars who aren't out of touch because anyone can be a scholar now. Uh -huh. right? Talking sense. Always Muhyiddin. Abort, abort, abort. <laughs> <laughs> I like these last two. They're very concise. Omeira Alam. You think that's bad? Always avoid the parent WhatsApp groups for Islamic schools. She's so right. <laughs> she is so right. She is so right. Oh, my. I'm screenshotting this and sending it to some relevant people. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is great. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mubin uh, Sheikh, I could have told you that. Buriki Bay, Puerto Rican, Buriqua, right? Yeah. Is the most degenerate. It's the most degenerate scum on the earth, that thing. Okay. Yo, this is actually soothing, right? <laughs> this is relaxing. I know we got to go, but Nay uh, Tasbih. Here, the best one I found to date. All right. It's a tweet. Let's see what this pick. Not doing takfir of white Muslims. Just saying I will treat them the same way I treat a white kafir. As I don't care if they are upon iman or kufr if they're white. They're sharing that tweet. That's insane. They're sharing that tweet. Yeah, that's the guy that was like, I don't consider Muslims, I don't consider white people to be sociologically Muslim. What the heck is wrong with people? I don't know. A lot. Unbelievable. So, the thing is, I'm not dropping out of Twitter, Muslim Twitter, because... Um, Somebody's got to do it, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> my gosh! And oh. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a student of knowledge. I'm not any of that stuff. I'm just yeah. a regular person. And uh, something that a sheikh once told me was, if you're gonna change your 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 name, keep your last name, because it's important for people to know that normal people are can convert. And you sure. know, it's not just you know the guys that are like scholarly yeah. or people in prison. Just normal people are converting to Islam. Yeah. So it's good for them to know that normal people are converts. I, inshallah I'm a normal enough person inshallah. that you can be reasonable and normal and not full of yeah. ridiculousness and still be a, a, a regular Muslim so yeah. that's me on Twitter I'm a regular Muslim it, that place is becoming Arkham Asylum alright <laughs> 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 right, let's wrap it up Jazakumullah khairan thank you all very much thanks Sheikh it was brilliant Tom you said more than three words oh. this time <laughs> next time inshallah we'll get you up to ten yep. <laughs> uh, alright so that's it that's another episode of Docs News uh Sheikh, if you can take us out. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin fahuwa Sayyidul Awalina wal Akhirin wa Afdalul Awalina wal Akhirin alayhi Afdalul Salatil Musallina wa Azka Salamil Musallimin wa Atiyabu Zikril Zakirin wa Afdalul Salawatillah wa Ahsanu Salawatillahi wa Ajalu Salawatillahi wa Ajmalu Salawatillahi wa Akmalu Salawatillahi wa Asbagu Salawatillahi wa Atamu Salawatillahi وأظهر صلوات الله وأعظم صلوات الله وأذكى صلوات الله وأطيب صلوات الله وأبرك صلوات الله وأزكى صلوات الله وأنمى صلوات الله وأوفى صلوات الله وأسنى صلوات الله وأعلى صلوات الله وأكثر صلوات الله وأجمع صلوات الله وأعم صلوات الله وأدوم صلوات الله وأبقى صلوات الله وأعز صلوات الله وأرفع صلوات الله 
وأعظم صلوات الله على أفضل خلق الله وأحسن خلق الله وأجل خلق الله وأكرم خلق الله وأجمل خلق الله وأكمل خلق الله وأتم خلق الله وأعظم خلق الله عند الله رسول الله ونبي الله وحبيب الله وصفي الله ونجي الله وخليل الله وولي الله وأمين الله وخيرة الله من خلق الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين I'm not the